What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast. This is the WWE WrestleMania 33 post-show where we're going to be recapping what just transpired on the show a little bit ago, giving our thoughts about what happened, giving our hits and our misses, our pluses, our minuses, anything else that we want to throw out there as well. And the people that are going to be doing that tonight on this panel are, well, I have, of course, your host is always Tony Mango, and joining me on the mic are Mike Payton. I'm feeling a little verklempt. We're going to talk amongst ourselves here. We're going to smack talk amongst ourselves. <laughs> you going to give us a topic? I'll give you a topic. Uh, the boogeyman is neither a boogie nor a man. Discuss. Well, Kaylin uh, Ferris here as well. What do you think about this boogeyman situation? This is news to me. I ain't a scared of no boogeyman. Bring him on. Bring him on. That reference is totally lost on me. I don't know. <laughs> well, if uh, you were in for a long show tonight when it comes to wrestling, we're not going to try to take as long when it comes to Smack Talk, but we will try to break down as much as we possibly can. The show itself went, what was it? Uh, it, it ended at maybe quarter after 12, something like that. It's like 1210 or something, yeah. So mm-hmm. this was... Over a full hour past the point of what we assumed that it would be, but I know some people are going to go between the two different sides of things here. I'm at least of the mindset. I like that. I'd, you know, if they added an extra 45 minutes to it, I wouldn't have been like, oh my God, it's taking too long. If I like something, I want something to keep going. And I, you know, I check Mm -hmm. out the special features on DVDs and deleted scenes and stuff like that. What do you guys think? Was this a little bit too long? Was it just the right time? Could it have been a little bit longer? What are your thoughts? Well, first, first I have to ask you, because I know you know the stats on this. What What is the longest WrestleMania? Is this the longest one, the five and a quarter hour? I'd assume it has to be. I don't, so know, if, I I don't know for sure, um, but it has to be either this one or one of the more recent ones. They the the funny thing. Really fast. Oh, I was going to say the, the funny thing about this, because I was enjoying, I was enjoying almost every single part of it. This was much easier to di- digest than a three-hour Raw. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought to myself about, like, the second hour mark that I would get really, you know, kind of just like, all right, we went through two hours of pre-show, now we're on the second hour of the other show, can this just end already? But I thought this was a, I was going to say a fun ride, but I probably should have said it, an ultimate thrill ride. Peyton, what are your thoughts on the time length? Was it uh Goldilocks scenario just right? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> On top of that five plus hours, we also had a two hour pre-show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is also after you got to consider we had uh, NXT last night, Hall of Fame Friday night, plus whatever other festivities you may have been partaking in. And we still got two more nights of Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so you do have to take all that into consideration. Um, that being said, um, it's not atypical for these shows to, to be long. I mean, even in Japan, when they have their uh, Wrestle Kingdom shows, those shows go for seven, eight hours as well. Um, Half of it's I, dedicated to anime characters. <laughs> well, ours is dedicated to shitty musical performances, so who are we to judge? Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I think it was fine. There was nothing on this that felt like filler. I like that all the matches on the main card feel like they got a, the proper amount of time. Um, as far as this being the longest show, if you kept the pre-show and all that, yeah, I'm pretty sure this equals the longest time except uh, for what I believe was WrestleMania 2000 uh, because that's when they did that WrestleMania all day thing. 
So that's probably the longest WrestleMania celebration that they did or a presentation that they did. Mm. Now I'm going to later on when we start picking about the different matches, I'm going to disagree about one thing that you mentioned, which was that all matches had the right amount of time. Cause there's one that I think that got shortchanged here, but we're going to get to that very later on in the mix. I think I know which one you're going to say, but go ahead. Let's start off with the kickoff, the pre-show in general, just the full two hours all lumped together. We've got, Three matches on the card, and we've got the standard, you know, social media lounge and the pre-show panel, which I like the pre-show panel. It was uh, Shawn Michaels, Jerry Lawler, Booker T, and Renee Young, and a little bit of Lita in the mix, too. And our uh, social media lounge was Paul Heyman, Maria Menounos, and Charlie Caruso. I don't remember them doing anything else other than the matches in that. Were there anything else that I uh, might have missed out on or that I'm forgetting that you guys can remember? Nothing important and memorable. Just come video packages and stuff, right? A lot of video packages, a lot of talking. Um, they had some interviews with Sam Roberts and the crowd, which was kind of you know always cool to hype up and there. build the community experience, you know. But nothing we really need to talk about. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean that's kind of stereotypical of the post, uh, the post shows, the uh, pre-show kind of stuff that we do, and that's fine. You know, they should be kind of given that atmosphere of like. Settle down, get your chips, start talking about what you're going to order for food later on. You know, everybody's starting to kind of funnel in and get their seats situated and stuff like that. But they had the Cruiserweight Championship match on the first hour of it, Neville retaining against Austin Aries, which I was a little bit surprised about. I thought Aries would end up winning this. What did you guys think about the match? Good? Bad? Yay, middle? Uh I enjoyed the match. I was not surprised that Neville retained because I think he was the right man to win, and that was my prediction. They put on a hell of a match, and I enjoyed it. I think it it was right on the pre-show. I think being on the main card might have felt a little wedged in, but I think it was a great one to open up the show with. I was a little uh, perturbed when they moved this match to the pre-show, just because I I feel like these guys deserved a stage where there's going to be a lot of people. And I think about... You know, what's forever, I think, going to put a bad taste of the pre-show matches in my mouth is that Ryback-Kalisto match mm. that we had last year where just nobody was there to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these guys fared a bit better, and I think a lot of that is due because last year they had that whole ticket hold-up thing. Yeah. That was so I don't think issue. that hurt them. Um, these guys had a good match. Uh, I'm a little surprised by the decision. Um, oh, and, and the reason why I think they actually ended up doing this um, I think they put this first above everything is so they don't need to change those ropes so goddamn much. Yeah, I figured that this would be the first <laughs> match of the night. Yeah. I was a little bit surprised at how quick it came on, though. Like I thought that they would maybe wait like another 20 minutes before they would have done it. But, I mean, that's not a big deal or anything like that. It's not like it was like, well, this has to go on at 6.08, you know, or something like that. I thought all the matches were going to be in the second hour. I, I kind of thought so, too. In the first hour. Mm. That's what I kind of thought. I I figured they might start at like the very tail end of the first hour and just kind of like carry it over. But then I forgot that the second hour was going to be broadcast elsewhere. So they probably wanted to separate it like that. And they did separate it, actually. They had like at six o'clock on the dot, they were pretty much like, okay, welcome everybody to the kickoff. And it was like, yeah, what the hell am I watching for an hour then? Right. Uh, you know, uh, it, you got the King of the Cruiserweights retaining the title, and Austin Aries put up a good fight, so I wouldn't be shocked to see this continue a little bit, and I'm pretty sure that most people, at the very least, even if they don't follow 205 Live, will probably be cool with it continuing on, whether they have it singles, or they add another person into the mix, or, you know, I mean, nobody's going to really complain about this match, right? 
pretty good. Yeah. Aries got busted open during that one, didn't he? I mean, it wasn't gushing blood, but it looked like the back of his head was bleeding. I either didn't notice that or I completely forgot about that. Or maybe I'm just imagining things. I didn't notice it. Old man Kalen. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think I see some blood. <laughs> Now, that took us into the second match of the pre-show, the first one of the uh, mid-pre-show, or whatever the hell they would call that section, mm-hmm. which was the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and they did what they've been doing before, where most people don't get an entrance, but a couple people did, Big Show and Braun Strowman. Actually, this might have been the only two people that I'm thinking about. Those are the only two I remember, yeah. But, I mean, if you're going to give those two entrances to nobody else, it makes sense, yet, at the same time, they got knocked out very early on. Mm-hmm. And I first off, I was shocked, and second, kind of pissed. I wanted Braun Strowman to win this, and I thought if Braun Strowman wouldn't, that maybe a Sami Zayn one would be okay. But I would have been okay with a Big Show one. Tony, Tony, you see, what we did is we built the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal around the big guys, just like Andre the Giant. So we had two of them in there and made it like it was gonna be them, but then. Ha! Swerve. We made it the <laughs> stupid little guy with the freaking hype attitude. Well, there is so much to talk about in this match. I mean, um, I will throw uh, one thing out there that I thought I was going to be somewhat correct in, and I was just a little bit off. I thought Simon Gotch would have gotten that first elimination. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I think he was second. He was yeah. third. It was okay. uh, Primo, and then I think Kalisto, and then Simon Gotch. <laughs> close, though. Very close. But in general, the whole order of how this went, it was like, who would have thought Epico would have lasted longer than Big Show and Strowman? Or right. that it would have came down to Mojo Raleigh, Killian Dane, and Jinder Mahal? Like, I was surprised. I think Titus was in the final four, wasn't he? Or He was either in the five. final four or final five. Yeah. He was down there, yeah. At one point, I thought Apollo Crews might win. Once Strowman went out, I was like, oh, this must be Sami Zayn's to win. Mm-hmm. We never got a uh, Samoa Joe appearance throughout the night. So in retrospect, mm-hmm. I was like, man, that could have been a good spot for him to win this or at least do something on the card. And the big story, of course, Mojo Raleigh wins with a little bit of help from Rob Gronkowski. Who? <laughs> Dude. He's a, I they think like he's a football him the Gronk. player. Yeah. Sounds like Hold the right lever, up. Grunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, WWE got what they wanted with the whole photo op, and they're going to get oh, yeah. tons of ESPN coverage and CNN coverage and all that kind of stuff. So do you guys think it's worth it? Meh. It yeah. was a gimmick. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't follow football, so it didn't really mean much to me. Neither do Dave? I. I've never heard of this dude until Mojo Raleigh started talking about him. <laughs> Well, let's put it this way. He was on the team that won the Super Bowl, so yeah. if nothing else, there's that. Was he like uh, – is he like good, actually? I've heard his just name like one before. Of these dudes? I, honestly, I don't know. I, I know I've heard his name before, so that's more significant than most football players. Well, what do you guys think about Mojo Raleigh winning, though? Like, What the hell? Why? I don't get this. Not my first choice or my 30th. I this wouldn't have happened if Zack Ryder was still not injured, would it? No, I doubt. I figure by that time he would have gone through some kind of tag title thing and the both of them would have been in this match, but they would have just gotten eliminated. They wouldn't have pushed him this far. 
I am shocked mm-hmm. that they're pushing him though, and I'm not too shocked in the grand scheme of things that they are giving him a push. But I didn't think that they'd give him the win, if not just because he was the first person that announced that he would be in the match. Dude, I figured it was too easy. You know, this was literally for shock value and nothing else. This is yep. the same exact thing as when they gave Zack Ryder the Intercontinental yeah. title at last year's WrestleMania. The only difference is they can't have somebody beat Mojo Rawley for the trophy tomorrow night on Raw. <laughs> it's a shame they can't. <laughs> That'd be great if they did, though. Mojo Raleigh, even a SmackDown guy, just to make it to where it's not even a two-day reign. Mm. He just comes out on Raw and, I don't know, it's Mojo or Braun Strowman or whatever, just kind of like, hey, can I challenge you for, like, they didn't engrave that in there yet, right, have they? And he's like, no, you know, I'm hiding. <laughs> and they're just kind of like, yeah, 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 let's just put that on the line real quick. One punch knocks him out, whatever. But they yeah, should just have uh, Sting show up tomorrow night on Raw and throw the, or on SmackDown and throw the statue in a garbage truck like they did with Seth Rollins. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. So I know I wasn't the only one who was just begging for Jinder Mahal to win this. Right. And to turn babyface in the process, because he would have. <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird match, though. Like, Yes. Yes. Very weird. I mean, you started it off and it was like Big Show and Braun Strowman on the different sides. And half the ring is looking at one, half the ring's looking at the other. And I'm sitting there going, oh, man, they're going to toss out. We have 32 people in the match. We're going to get down to like 15 in the next couple of seconds. About a minute and a half later, Big Show's out, and I'm like, oh, they're just giving Braun Strowman the big spotlight. That sucks for Big Show. Then Strowman gets out, and I'm like, the fuck mm-hmm. is happening here? And then the next thing you know, it's like Ziggler's out, and Zane is out, and whatever. And I'm like, why is Epico still in here? Why is General in here? Like, what the hell's happening? Is this Bizarro Land? Like, it, you know, as bizarre as it is, under the circumstances, everything also made sense. That they would team up on the big guys and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't fault that logic. But it's so weird. It was like, if you would have told me ahead of time, first off, I didn't even know that Killian Dane was supposed to be in this until like, no, that was was starting. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I'm not a big fan of Killian Dane. So I got nervous for a little bit that it was like, oh, they're going to give it to Tian Bing or Killian Dane just to do the, the Baron Corbin thing from last year. But if you would have told me that they would have won a week ago, I would have been like, okay, that makes more sense than Mojo Raleigh and Jinder Mahal in the final two. Yeah. <laughs> I know. If anybody would have picked Mojo Raleigh to win this thing, we would have made fun of them mercilessly and they would have deserved it because that's Come on, guys. I think Mojo's got a shot. I'll give Dace a little bit credit here. He was like, I hope that Mojo Raleigh wins just because he's an extension of Zack Ryder. Oh, fuck. And you know what? I don't know for sure. I got to double check to see if uh, if he put it out there, but maybe Peter might have said something about Mojo now that I'm thinking about it. Peter, if you did, let me know. Fucking savant, this kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you guys think that this is going to lead anywhere to like a significant push for Mojo? Is he going to be like, you know, Baron Corbin wins the IC title and then Mojo becomes the next IC champion after him or something? Or is this sort of the same thing with the other Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winners where it's just going to fade into oblivion after a I, week? I think in two weeks, it's not going to have any significance at all. They'll probably mention it this week and maybe next week. But after that, it's going to be like it never happened. I Well, I have to disagree with you for one thing. I mean, you can't say Big Show disappeared into obscurity. And Big Show is already a made man. Yeah. But, I mean, um, that, that they didn't get like any big, big pushes out of it, really. I, I think Baron Corbin did pretty well for himself. I mean, he you really was, think he, Mojo Raleigh is going to have a significant singles run? 
they like him. There's something they like about him. You know what? They're going to try. At this point, he's. I'm going to have to switch up my uh, title predictions for like you know the whoever the next champion is and all that kind of stuff. I'm legitimately putting down Baron Corbin is going to be the next person that wins the IC title, and Mojo Raleigh is going to be the one that beats him. I think. Ugh. I would have thought Apollo Cruz a couple months ago, and they've dropped him like a fucking sack of potatoes. And Kalisto, man, what a shitty showing today. He wasn't even involved in this match for the longest time. And then they announced him, and then they pulled him at the last minute, and then they put him back in there according to certain dirt sheets, but that might not have been true to begin with. I don't know. This whole situation was just sort of like... I'm sorry, Tony. How many people do you think noticed that? Not many. <laughs> it's Kalisto. It's dirt sheet stuff. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. But how many people would have called Mojo Raleigh winning, though? It's like, this is a, a whole... The biggest surprise of the entire night for me, I gotta say. Oh, you know, second biggest surprise. I'll get to another one of them a little bit later on, but did not expect it to happen. I had a list, like you were saying, it, Mojo wouldn't have been, you know, top five, top ten, top twenty. I had a list of maybe seven or eight people that would have been very easily ahead of him. I I was one hundred percent it was going to be you know one of the big three: Strowman, Show, or Sammy. Yeah, And when the match started, I got a Dark Horse pick because I didn't even know he was in it. And that was Luke Harper. Right. I was like, man, that would be a perfect you know, way to give him something significant on the mm-hmm. show separate from – because, you know, it wasn't that long ago where people were rumoring him possibly being a part of that WWE title match. Mm-hmm. And he could uh, have been a part of that. It would have been, like, justified. Not even a weird situation where they would have thrown, say, I don't know, Sin Cara in a title match or something. It was like – Made sense for Luke to get a little bit of a push. Oh my god! And imagine if they did that ring effect with like the eyeballs and stuff. Oh, oh yeah, he would have carried around a whole bunch of light bulbs to. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that he would have gotten a decent enough showing here, and he lasted somewhere towards the end. But mm-hmm. yeah, when I saw I Luke thought... Harper was in it, I was really pushing for him. You know, of course, I wanted Sami Zayn to win. That was my pick. I think it would have. I don't know. I think that would have been a better feel good moment compared to the Bozo. I'm sorry, Mojo that won. Bozo so. Riley. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if he was Skeeter, he'd be so much cooler. <laughs> I, I actually thought that it was going to be a guarantee that Strowman would be in the final two and he would end up winning. And it was more so a matter of me going, well, is he going to be in the final two with Big Show, with Sammy Zane, or Luke Harper? And fucking Jinder Mahal and Mojo Riley. Like, wow. Even stranger than this, though, I got to bring this up. The woman uh, security guard that clearly didn't know that Gronkowski was supposed to do that. (laughs) She's just like, hey, hey, stop. And then you can see her about a minute later when they've pushed her off to the side. The referees came to be like, no, no, it's planned. She's off on the side sitting down and she's laughing about it. Mm -hmm. And you can tell her just kind of going like, I I didn't fucking know. Like. Felt a little bad for her, but it was a great moment just to be like, that look at that, security guard doesn't know. Like Well to be fair, I mean right. shouldn't they? Like if anything, I think it was better if like they came in and he like, you know, kinda like gave him the slip and like, you know, pretended like he was going over and then like ran back in. Like that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't well, know, so she tases him. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. <laughs> then they're like, fuck. This backfired. We were supposed to get this great celebratory moment, and we've got Gronkowski <laughs> sitting there. Imagine seizing. Imagine that on the headlines tomorrow. 
they're like trying to get a, like an assessment of how he's doing afterwards. They're like, do you remember where you are? And he's like, uh, I'm at WrestleMania or am I at Disney World or whatever? And they're like, okay, yeah, where you're WrestleMania. Do you remember your name? And he's like, still seizing like what Goldust does. And he's like, Gronk, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Man, oh, I almost wish that that would have happened. That would have been <laughs> so much better. There's your WrestleMania moment. Ooh. Well, the final part of our kickoff was the Intercontinental Championship match. The Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin won, replacing what was originally the SmackDown Women's Championship match. But people had complained, and they put up a little bit of a fuss that that's not giving the women enough of the spotlight. I kind of agree with. You know, there's only two women's matches on the entire card, and for one of them to be on the pre-show, it sounds a little bit weird. But in retrospect, that's the match that I think got shortchanged on time. And if they would have been on the pre-show, I think they would have gotten a little bit more. But we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Let's talk about the IC title match. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Deesman's general point of view about this was either I don't give a shit or that's got to suck for Dean Ambrose or that's got to suck for Baron Corbin. It was, you know, 50-50 based off of who, like, who you supported and stuff. Uh, Dane, for instance, was very much like, oh man, Baron Corbin should win the title. And this is, this is shit that like, he's not going to win it on the pre-show. I kind of went into this expecting Baron Corbin to lose anyway. So I wasn't really too shocked, but how did you guys think about this? Was it fine for it to be on the pre-show? Was it a a disappointment? How did you think the match went? Any other things you want to toss out there? Well, let's face it. Wasn't it like seven years where the intercontinental title wasn't defended at all at WrestleMania? It was a while. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> so let's be happy it made it on the pre-show with how many goddamn matches were on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's be fair, this match really didn't have that much heat to it. Like when you're looking at all the damn matches you had on there, this is one of the the lighter matches, especially because, man, I feel like this match should have had some type of like gimmick, s- gimmick mm-hmm. to it, right? Like yeah. like some something with some kind of weapons, even if it was like some stupid like a chairs match or something. I can't help but feel like the reason why they didn't do that is because they knew how many other matches were going to have that, and I think we're going to get it at Backlash. Yeah, so, uh, that's a good point. So it's like, you know what? If they do that, I'm cool with it because then I'm even especially even more cool with it being on the pre-show because it's sort of like we can kind of forget that it even happened, kind of. Well, speaking of forgetting, I was that's one point I was going to make is this on the whole card looking it up and down. This is one of the most forgettable matches, in my opinion. It wasn't bad, per se. There's just <laughs> wasn't just mu- was. there wasn't exactly there wasn't much to it <laughs> that got me because I like both these guys. I like Ambrose. I like Corbin, but it didn't do it for me. I don't know. It. I think it felt like a pre-show match, which is sad because this is the IC title we're talking about. So it should feel bigger, but. I don't know. It just didn't have that spark that got me interested. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Peyton, what do you think about this? Were you disappointed with it or was it just fine? Well, I mean, I'll just say if if the insult you put to it is it felt like a pre-show match when it was a pre-show match. <laughs> I guess it's not really that much of a, a lost cause. Then. That's a good point. It was, well, in I mean, fact, a pre-show in, my, in, my, in my opinion, the Neville Aries one felt bigger than this one. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe it's the purple ropes. That could be. <laughs> well, it is supposed to be regal. Well, let's regal put, color. I, I think these guys are capable of much more. Um, I just don't think this was the stage for it. I think in any other year where we didn't have 13 fucking matches and two mm-hmm. musical performances and the New Day doing a couple segments and all these other things, this would have been a bigger match for sure. 
And it would have had some kind of false count anywhere, stipulation or last man standing or something, which I'm pretty sure we're going to get. Like, it's got to happen. If it doesn't, I don't know what's going on in their brains. Yeah, when we were doing our predictions, I kind of figured that Ambrose would retain here. We'd see this feud go on, and then maybe Corbin picks it up next time. Yeah. So that's what, I, that's what I think they're going to do. They're just going to draw it out a little bit longer is all. And then he drops it to Mojo. That is very possible now. Or I wouldn't uh, have, fucking Gronkowski. I wouldn't have agreed yesterday, but now I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't have uh, agreed a couple hours ago. Oh, don't say that. You know it's going to happen. Get prepared. Get the same level of expectations as I, you with uh, Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. It's no, because you know what? Honestly, I think they have bigger things planned for Baron Corbin. I think we're going to save for Mojo <laughs> No, they like, they like Mojo, but I don't think they have like main event plans in the future for Mojo Raleigh. I think they do for Baron Corbin. Yeah, but you know what? I could see them having him win the title, keep it for a couple of months, maybe lose it around like, well, we don't know what the pay-per-views are going to be after SummerSlam and stuff, but probably Clash of Champions or so. And um, I could see Baron Corbin losing it around that time and losing it to somebody like a Mojo, but then in the process moving up to the main event where Mojo sticks in the mid-card. Kind of one of those like uh, – kind of like what they did with AJ Styles a little bit with WrestleMania last year. He loses the match against Jericho, and the night afterward he becomes number one contender to the world title. Like we're, we're going to give you a loss, but we're going to back it up with a big push at the end. You know, or I mean, fuck, I didn't see the Mojo Raleigh thing coming. So maybe something else is going to happen in the mix. I don't know. But that was our pre-show, which uh, the only other thing I want to talk about um, in this kind of segment, even though it's not a pre-show specific thing, was the set and the stage. Because we had our first look of it through the pre-show, but throughout the night, we had some other things that popped up here and there. And I know where I'm going to lose track of it. So if I don't say it all in one shot. Uh, then I'm gonna forget about it. But how good looking was that fucking set? Oh, it's oh yeah, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people saying it's their favorite of all time, and I, I, it might be. <laughs> it's I, freaking I can't gorgeous. Argue with it, that's the thing. Yeah, I think in the grand scheme of things, I'd have to give a little bit of a slight edge to the play button. Like that ramp was really cool and everything, but. I've always loved the Universal Studios logo in general mm-hmm. and the theme even yeah. to it. And to have that WrestleMania wrapping around there, that looked really great. And then they've got that ramp, which the ramp itself looked a little bit weak at first until I noticed that they could do all this crazy shit with it. I mean, we had Seth Rollins push the little uh, torch down and then it's like, oh, he's like setting it on fire. And we have the Viper. Dude, the uh, snake. The snake, was gonna... the snake was so <laughs> yeah. cool. The snake was beating Randy Orton over and over, and they had to keep stopping it. I thought it was pretty funny. And uh, Roman Reigns punching it, and then it gets all cracked. And Oh, that was great. I like that one. All that kind of stuff. The pyro tonight was amazing. The the yeah. lighting in general was great. This was just fucking beautiful. Apparently, it cost, what, $5 million to do this? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. I, I don't have those figures. If that's true, I mean, I've got to assume it... Uh, they had a little bit of like some tax cuts and stuff from being in the area, but it's fucking worth it. This was beautiful. Oh, this was great. Well, I mean, they, all the towns bid on WrestleMania coming there, and they're 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 pretty much funded. Like exactly. they, they 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 don't pay a lot of money to run these shows in these areas. No, because they get, all the towns get so much kickback and everything. It's mm-hmm. we're gonna get uh, a couple weeks from now or so some kind of a number where it's gonna be like, yeah, the amount of revenue that they generated for that city is gonna be like fucking skyrocketed and stuff. 
Um, uh, stage was gorgeous. I liked the roller coaster motif. Um, I bet some people are upset that there wasn't like actually a car there, but I like I think it's fine how it was. I wish um, somebody would have rode the roller coaster at some point. An underappreciated thing that I'm seeing people not mention: the fucking entrance cove. Like it was just really was cool, cool the way that it was curved in there, and it had the screen in the back there. It kind of reminded me of the old SmackDown entrance cove, where it had like that uh circular like like you're inside a like a dome a vortex kind of a vortex. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. You know the the part of the night that I started to notice that actually was Seamus and Cesaro's entrance. Oh yes, how cool! Yeah, that? that was good. That, that was, was good. good. I gotta admit. And I also am a little bit disappointed that they didn't utilize it, but I can understand why, given the circumstances. That ring on top of the ring, <laughs> I was just yeah. like, that's so cool, even though it's so gimmicky and stupid in it, general. Well, I will say this, that uh, during the day, it did look a little goofy. I mean, I loved it, it right. but it, I, could, I could see what people say it was goofy, but at night, mm, oh, it was beautiful with the lights on the ropes and everything. Dude, it was gorgeous. It was a good you, way to keep the um, the rain out if it would have rained too, instead of just having some kind of generic like, you know, uh, tarp over it or something like that. They they've been getting pretty creative with those canopies over the years. At this point, uh, like next year, what am I gonna do next year? You know, where are they gonna be? They're going back to New Orleans. Oh boy, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The only other thing set or stage-wise or whatever that I wanted to mention, which uh, it only applies to one match, was the Bray Wyatt-Randy Orton bug thing. Well, they did utilize that screen a lot throughout the night. Like, I remember when Naomi came out, it said, feel the glow in the ring. And mm-hmm. that, that, was, that was a gimmick they used multiple times throughout the night. But that was the most prominent because it just came out of nowhere mid-match. I'm it wasn't a screen. Saying... It was just a projection, right? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It was like using the yeah. mat as a screen. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Like a chroma key kind of thing. I'm of the mindset that it was cool the first time I saw it. By the fifth time, I didn't care anymore. Oh, but... no. that I thought it was awesome every time they did it. Oh, yeah. Me too. I thought it was an escalating thing. Like, the first time was cool. Second time was cooler. Third time was even cooler. Like, I, I loved it. By the third or fourth time, I was sitting there going, all right, all right. Like, But it's still a really cool idea. It's still a really awesome thing that they added into the mix. I think it would have been a little bit cooler if they would have just only used it one time, but uh, I mean, I can't really complain about that. It's not like it's like too much of a good thing, kind of, you know what I mean? But let's start getting into the main show here. Let's take a while. <laughs> AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon was the first match of the night, and at first, all of us were sitting there going, they're going to start off with this? Well, in retrospect, exactly. yeah. Yeah, like, you know, yeah that's the same thing I said. too many important matches on the card. Of course they were going to start off with this, you know? As soon as they started hyping this one, I'm like, wait, this is the opening match on the main card? Mm. But it well, fit? Yeah. Here's my thing. I think they wanted to, to start off with one of the important matches. Right. And the reason why I don't think they went with one of the other ones is because a lot of those matches um, needed to be in the dark. You know, Undertaker had to come out in the dark. Uh, yeah, Bray Gold- Wyatt had to go in Bray the dark. Bray Wyatt had to come out in the dark. Goldberg right. and Lesnar had to be later on in the show. Naomi had to come out in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. it, it had to be either this or the latter match, and they went with this. And I don't, I don't think it was a wrong decision. It was a little surprising. No, uh, I think it was a great decision. It, it, it you know, I'll, I'll say one thing: the show kept me on the edge of my seat. And that, that was just another example of it. Just one of those things where it's like, huh? Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't say it kept me on the edge of my seat, but at the same time, I was never bored. No. 
this entire night, I wasn't bored at all. And we've had so many different pay-per-views that have been significantly less time. And I've been sitting there going, Jesus Christ, this is, can we just hit 11 o'clock already? I want to be fucking done. Even the matches that I didn't really enjoy the most out of this, I was still sitting there having fun watching it, bullshitting around, eating some pizza and just sort of taking it all in and stuff. So this match I thought was going to be worse than what it was. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, this one uh, exceeded my expectations. I was not expecting because the commentators even sort of said, you know, you want you don't want to wrestle or how how'd they say it. You want to wrestle a fighter and fight a wrestler. Yeah, because their styles are very mismatched, but yet they were able to <laughs> put on ages. a hell of a show. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys think the uh, they uh, figured out a way to do the usual coast to coast and the elbow drop and all that? I was yeah, glad they no worked that about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was cool stuff to do without being too dangerous. You know, like a, a lot of the stunts people were saying they were expecting Shane to do like jump off the roller coaster and jump off the ring. That's above the <laughs> ring. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of hoping that he would have done something like that, but it's Shane. So that's really not outside of the realm of possibility. Mm. It's not, but I'm glad he, he reserved. Right. Well, he would have died. So, <laughs> But it would have been kind of cool to see him ride the roller coaster, and then that leads into the coast to coast or something like that. <laughs> I wouldn't have uh, denied it. The coast, coast to coaster, coaster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the roller coaster coast. But I did like this quite a bit, and I think that uh, the way that they handled how they did the ref bump was a little bit weird. But I mean, you got to have a little bit of suspension of disbelief. It was like Mike Kyoto was like rolling sideways and stuff, and. The typical thing where it's like the referee gets pushed aside and he's knocked out until somebody goes, hey, ref, I got a pinfall. And then he's like, oh, OK, like that kind of a thing. He took a pretty stiff shot, man. I, I don't know. That, that was all believable to me. I mean, after that, when he was like rolling to move out of the way of the coast to coast and stuff like that, that thought that was the part that I thought was kind of funny. Well, they had the medical staff on him. They probably pulled him. Yeah. Either way, it's not going to hurt the match. I like to quit yeah. a bit. Would you like to see this go in any particular directions? Uh, See, that's that's what I'm wondering. What are they going to do now? Because he beat him. So where do they go from the from the storyline perspective? I don't I don't know. Shane fires him. Could be like, and Shane then he goes to Raw, switches him over to Raw because it's like, well, we can't get along anymore. Or is it like you earned my respect a little bit? So let's hang, keep you hanging around. Or maybe even just comes out on SmackDown on Tuesday and it's like, all right, but I'm done with that and I'm going to move on to another feud or something. You know what? I can see him saying something like, you earned my respect, but then at the end of the day, a McMahon always gets the last laugh and that's where he fires him. Yeah. He can can do both of those. Be a little vindictive prick like Vince. (laughs) I can see that being a case. SmackDown's going to be interesting for the first time in a while uh, as far as like the the Raw after WrestleMania is always great. Usually SmackDown's kind of like, ah, but it's SmackDown. Who cares? Right. SmackDown is going to be probably just as much of an important thing as Raw is. So, yeah, some big surprises, maybe. Mm-hmm. Our next match on the night was the United States title match. Kevin Owens against Chris Jericho. We got a new United States champion. I have to Ooh. say, underwhelming finish, but I liked the match. Yeah, I would agree. Underwhelming finish. But overall, the match was enjoyable. I'm glad that Owens won. I'm glad that Jericho put up a fight. There's a lot of good back and forth, but I would have been really disappointed if Jericho would have won. I would have been really disappointed. No, I would have been okay with it because I think he's going to stay around just a little bit longer. At least he'll pay back, I think. 
Yeah. Where were you leaning on this, Peyton? Were you like uh, good enough if either one wins or kind of hoping for one or the other? Uh, to be honest, by the time we were getting to the end of the night, I was kind of re- trying to recap some of the show in my head, and I couldn't remember much of this match. Um, mm-hmm. Out of everything that's going on tonight, I don't think it's necessarily anything that was wrong with this match. I, I just, there was so much info to take in tonight. I don't yeah. have a lot of memories of this match. Um, I remember here. actually being kind of bored during parts of it, especially the first like five or so minutes of it. I remember being dreadfully bored. I was expecting this to be one of the best matches on the card. Mm. And now I I don't think it was, it was enjoyable, but I don't think it was in the top third of matches. Yeah. I can't disagree with that. I wanted this to be better than what it was mm-hmm. not to say that it was bad, but given the way that their feud has gone and how great both of them are in the ring and the chemistry that they've had on the mic and stuff, I kind of expected it to be a little bit better. But I also kind of think maybe the reason why that's the case is because it wasn't given that pomp and circumstance. I think it might have been because Chris Jericho got that ankle injury. (laughs) So many people bought into that. I got so many like stupid tweets and messages and emails and stuff where people are like, you didn't update it to say that Jericho's not doing it. And it's like, you fucking idiot. It's April Fool's Day. <laughs> like, ah. Uh. And then you can even check the same dirt sheets and they're all saying, it's fake. Google image search. And then people are going, yeah, I don't know if I believe those dirt sheets. And it's like, you're, <laughs> you're not going to believe the wrestling websites. You're going to believe the Jericho thing and all that. Like, ah, uh, you people. You make me laugh. But uh, I did expect it to be a little bit better. And if they have another match, I think that the next match will be better, actually. I would hope so. I'm thinking it's sort of the same situation as Baron Corbin, Dean Ambrose. Kind of like payback and backlash if they have another thing going. I'll uh, I'll put a little bit more um, focus on those kind of things. They got lost in the shuffle a little bit tonight. You know, that's all well and good. But whatever happened to WrestleMania being like... The, best the chapter ender, like that was supposed to be like the end of the season, figured figuratively, right? Like, right. You know, the night after is when you restart the next season or the next fiscal year, or however you want to describe it. The next uh, fiscal fisticuffs could happen. Maybe they're just moving it on. I mean, we don't know how long Jericho is going to be still hanging around because he could be on Raw tomorrow. He could be gone for good, or not for good. I mean, he'll show up again, but. Last I would expect I had to see him tomorrow. Seen anything about it? It was that he wasn't going to tour until like May or so. But he's going to need a little bit of time to prepare for that and stuff. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if he mm-hmm. doesn't appear anymore. But I do think that he's going to wrestle at least on Raw tomorrow night, if not have his send off be at payback. I do have to give a shout out to his light bright scarf that he had. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> because after uh, it was Dean Ambrose who destroyed his jacket, right? Yeah, Dean Ambrose destroyed the jacket. So he hadn't used that in a while, but then he combined that with the scarf, and it was great. He's going to have to start adding some lights to the list for the future. <laughs> it's going to be a light up little thing. This is the list of Jericho. I like the huge uh, list that was on the stage when he was coming mm-hmm. out. That was great. And I like the the new countdown mm-hmm. where the countdown is like numbers on the list. I didn't notice that. Oh yeah. Was it like it was, like if he would have like written it like that kind of thing? Yeah. It was like yeah, the, it was, it was the on David like Letterman paper. top ten. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to go back and check that out. I noticed the scarf, but I didn't notice the the list things. 
So that's something for me to, to look back on. So it's like a huge, a cool. huge blow up list on, in the back, kind of like the Budios box mm-hmm. that they had. No, I didn't see that. How did I not see that? I don't know. It was pretty goddamn big. Maybe I was typing something out at the time or whatever. It um, was static, which was the only thing in compared uh, to his like really like the, the light up all the busy scarf. It's really like, yeah. Oh, that took us into the Fatal Four Way Elimination Raw Women's Championship title match. So many like the way that they had to uh, list all the matches tonight took fucking forever. Everything was like five time elimination tag team title whatever. It's like it goes on forever. Which oh by the way. That beginning of the night where they were going through like the roller coaster footage, I feel like it was going on for like eight minutes for everybody else. Yeah, to... <laughs> it was, yes. <laughs> it was going on for so goddamn long. I'm it's like, like, really, are they going to mention every single match? Come on. Right. Oh, and um, yeah, we totally skipped to this. What did you guys think of? Oh, I fucking forget how they pronounced her name again. Tanashi? Is that it? The Ooh. singing America the Beautiful. Not the worst rendition I've ever heard. Um, not my favorite either. It's all right. Thumbs up until she started going, ah, ooh, ah, ah, ooh, ah, and I'm like, oh god, she's doing that crap again. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about the women's title match here. Uh, I have to admit, this was better than I thought it was going to be, um, to a certain extent, because I'm not a big fan of two of the people that are in this match. And um, <laughs> I know which two, yeah, they're both Nijax, yeah, yeah, oh, <laughs> and Jax. I did like how they ganged up on her at the beginning and that they. Made her seem like she was a strong woman, like the way that she should have been, you know, ganging up on people that are a third of her size and stuff. They played that part well. And yeah, I kind of agree. I think I think it was right how they had her be eliminated first and that it took all three of the other women right. to eliminate her because. Oh, go ahead. Well, that's fine that that they did that. But what was her purpose of being in the match then? Yeah. Like if she had like maybe did something where she caused one of the women to like have like, I don't know, like a a knee injury and that affected them later in the match. At least she would have had a purpose. I'd say it's just to make her look strong going forward because, oh, look, she's a formidable opponent. You know, maybe she's going to be the next challenger for Bailey's title because, oh, look, it took three of you to take me down. Now it's just one on one. I don't know. Mm-hmm. She'll cut some shit promo on Raw to be like, it took three of you, and I'm not like most girls, so... I'm going to eat a Snickers. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> I shouldn't make this joke, but I want to. You know the whole thing on roller coasters where it's like the height limit and the weight limit? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> You're better than that. No, I'm not. I think <laughs> it's funny. Uh <laughs> What is up with Bailey and later on uh, Alexa Bliss too? The champion comes out first. Yeah, yeah, not a fan of that. It's it really doesn't matter. Like it doesn't, but at the same time, it no. pisses me off that it was like let's give Charlotte the big entrance, and I'm like they are, they have such a big voter for Charlotte. Char- they well they do, but you know what, man? Charlotte is the best woman they have. I'm listen. I'm shocked she didn't win this match. <laughs> I thought for sure she was winning this. When she came out last and she came out looking like a goddamn peacock and they got mm-hmm. gave her all that pyro, I was like, up. Oh, dude, the, the freaking fireworks were beautiful. They were great. She, dude, Ric Flair got fireworks like that once in his career and that was at his retirement. Mm-hmm. Like, goddamn. She looks like she is the biggest star, but that's she also is. because they make her the biggest star. 
I, I I think she's earned that spot. I don't think that's fair to say. She is by far the best woman on that entire roster. Like, I don't think anyone else even comes fairly close. There's a lot of other good women, not to say that she's like everyone else's shit, but she she is a level above. She is she is a freak of nature, dude. That that freaking corkscrew she did in this match. That was great. Her her yeah. timing, like she's not always good, but her promos are actually a step above any of the other women generally. She really is something special. Um, and I know they're trying to rush her to get all those title wins, which is why I'm just, I, again, I'm shocked she didn't win this match. I'm very surprised. And I will say another good thing about this match that I thought that they pulled off really well, even though it went against what I would have wanted them to do, because I wanted it to be Sasha and Bailey at the end, mm-hmm. just because I'm pretty sick and tired of Charlotte. And I think that that would have been a better kind of one-on-one, but... The way that they took Sasha out of the match, I liked a lot. The way that she hit that turnbuckle that was exposed. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was like, bang. And it was like, that really felt like it, she hit with a lot of oomph. And, you know, I mean, we all know that this stuff is fake, but some of the actual physicality is real. And we know that she wasn't actually getting knocked out and stuff. But I was just like, damn, she sold that really well. That was great. That was one of the best, like, it's not a big spot that people are going to remember too much, like, you know, stuff that happened to the Raw Tag Team titles, but I was like, that was one of the most fluid, well-performed spots of the night. And the corkscrew, too. The corkscrew was fantastic. That was, like, picture-perfect. It's good because I, I like when you have these elimination-style matches. Not every elimination should end with a finisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There should be something that's a little, little different that takes you by surprise. And I, I think that was perfect timing with that. Especially in WrestleMania, where we're used to people kicking out of finishers left and right. Yo, and speaking of entrances, can we talk about Sasha Banks being driven down to the ring by the Six Flags old man? <laughs> I made a joke at first that that was going to be DDP. <laughs> I figured it was going to happen. But then it was like, oh, this is just like, is that James Ellsworth? But if they cooked him in a microwave a little bit, you know? I don't know who that guy is, but, you know, a couple years from now, we're going to see that he trains in the power plant and he's going he's gonna to have a big, bright career. He'll be in the Hall of Fame eventually. Wasn't CM Punk a part of that one year too? He did something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for uh, Cena's when he was doing the gangster motif, right? Was that oh. one? I knew was, he was in something. Yeah, like it was WrestleMania or... 22. He came out on the uh, car with the Tommy Gun. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's right. the Tommy Gun one. Maybe that's what CM know, Punk's uh, looking like nowadays. <laughs> you know, your girl Alexa Bliss came out there with uh, fittingly Charlotte and uh, Sasha. For Triple H's entrance, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about Triple H's entrance a little bit, too, because a lot of people loved that one. Eh, A little bit. I'm more on the fence about it. But uh, that took us into the Raw Tag Team title match, which you start off with, I mean, we had some good entrances. We were talking earlier with the Sheamus and Cesaro thing. That was cool. Mm. That was, like, the best entrance that they've ever done. And I was like, oh, Mm. they're doing, like, a Matrix thing here? Oh, wait, no, they're wearing kilts. (laughs) Oh, wait, no, they're... He's doing the the Cesaro thing. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm down with it. Then we get the New Day coming out, and I'm thinking, oh, shit, the New Day are actually going to wrestle. This is great. I love the New Day. Then we get perhaps the biggest shock of the entire night, even though some people saw this coming. It's a fatal four-way match, and your tag team that's going to be added into the mix are fucking Hardy Boys come out. That pop was huge. It was rumored on some of the dirt sheets, but I wasn't buying it until I actually saw it happen. Mm. And yeah, I popped. I marked out totally. That was 
a fantastic moment. That was probably my highlight of the night, seeing them come out. I thought they'd show up tomorrow. Or, hell, even SmackDown, just to kind of, like, be a surprise. But I'm not the biggest Hardy Boys fan compared to some other people are. I really, really used to like Jeff Hardy. Matt Hardy was kind of like, meh, you know, whatever. And I have not followed this whole uh, broken Matt Hardy thing at all, really. You still haven't Uh, watched the final deletion. Yeah, I still haven't watched that. But anytime that something has that much of, you know, the optimism from this kind of audience and that people aren't shitting on it and everybody's really excited about that, that's just great. You know, I can't fault any of that kind of stuff. And I like the Hardy Boys and I like to have them back in the company and the the pop that they got, the surprise, the way that they handled it, especially with the little tease of the New Day. I thought that this was just great. Now, as soon as as soon as New Day came out, I and we're making an announcement. I was like, oh, shit, are they going to introduce the Hardys? And then I was like, oh, maybe it's just them. No, it's not going to be them. It is the Hardys. Holy shit. It's the fucking Hardys. (laughs) Holy shit. I'm right. I don't know what to do. (laughs) Yeah, I yeah, I. I freaked out. Peyton, what are your thoughts on this? Were you shocked? Were you not <laughs> shocked? Uh, well, I mean, it's been, it's been the talk of the town the last number of months, man. Um, so it, I'm not going to say like it was a complete shock in hindsight, which I think a lot of people can say that, but in the moment, uh, it, it, it was huge. I mean, it was absolutely freaking nuts when they, their name was announced. Like anyone who wasn't acting excited was, uh, you know what? This is a phrase I just have to bust out. If you weren't excited in this moment, I just don't think wrestling is for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to. Um, Unless you were just somebody who just does not like the Hardy Boys, and then you'd be like, oh, God damn it. I wish that these guys didn't fucking come back, you know? So let's just say this. In the last 72 hours, um, we've seen the return to the WWE family of Kurt Angle, mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre, and now Matt and Jeff Hardy. And who knows what's going to happen tomorrow night and Tuesday night. Well, I'm just saying these four guys a year ago were the the top four names in TNA. Yeah. This, 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 this yep. poor company. And if you also factor in some of the other things, I mean, we didn't get Samoa Joe tonight, but you talk about a guy that was one of the mainstays of TNA. You got AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Opening match of the night ends up being, and not even an opening match of the night, opening match of the night against Shane McMahon in a match where people are going, that's not good enough for him. You've got the NXT champion is Bobby Roode. <laughs> the cruiserweight championship match is Neville against Austin Aries. It's like, and I love the audience uh, that sits there and goes, oh, everybody talks about these TNA people sucking until they come into WWE. No, we talk about TNA sucking, and when the good guys come over to WWE and they prove how damn good they are and how a good company can utilize them to be even better, uh, it just feels so great. I'm not even a big Drew McIntyre fan. I wasn't even a fan of him when he was around, but when he popped up on NXT TakeOver, I was just kind of like, you know what? That's pretty cool. I like that he's back into the mix. But I think it's funny that all members of 3MB now are back with the company, but they're all on different brands. That's true. Slater's on uh, SmackDown, Jinder's on Raw, and uh, McIntyre's officially in NXT. <laughs> yeah, they split them up. They're going to do like a tri-branded kind of thing. It'll be like, you know, you're the member over here, and you know we'll Dude. meet up only for the crossover events. 
what if they did all become like the champions of their respective brands and then like had like a cross brand faction and they just all were together holding all the titles like if Jinder had won that Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, maybe that would have been the start of that path. Somewhere out there in an alternate universe, this is happening. You know what they need to call themselves? <laughs> the three-man brand. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> We're the three-man brands. <laughs> oh, the Raw Tag Title match, though, I like this from start to finish. Oh, and- I loved it. Very entertaining. I wonder if Enzo and Cass are pissed if this would have been like their moment and it's like the Hardy Boys come in and steal it all. But I love the idea that they're the champions and the Raw tag team title situation was getting pretty dire. I mean, the SmackDown mm-hmm. ones in shits right now too because they weren't even on the card. But you inject the Hardys in there, it's a whole shot of adrenaline. Uh, we got a couple good spots in this too. We got the fucking jeff hardy nearly killing himself again oh yeah that's what i was waiting for i was i was like holy shit jeff hardy he's gonna do swanton bomb off the top of the high ladder and and i was not disappointed see i thought jeff hardy was gonna jump off the ring on the top (laughs) yeah (laughs) it wouldn't have shocked me at that point if he would have been like okay we'll bring him in just for the one thing and if he dies he dies what movie is that from if he dies he dies there's an rocky four one of the rocky four yeah there's even drago yeah. Um, yeah, I like this. So, uh, what do you guys think about the new champs? Are you um, looking for any specific feuds for them to go forward with? Should it be against Gallows and Anderson, or should we skip to something else? Or you know, what do you think? Here's the thing: um, we got the Hardy Boys, not Broken Matt Hardy and Brother Nero. But they didn't talk. Yes. So maybe they are still going to be the Hardy Boys, but maybe they will kind of be no. similar characters. No, if, if you if you've seen what they've been doing in Ring of Honor the last few days, they're they're under lockdown from the lawsuit. So they're they're uh, they're, they're doing subtle references to it, like you know he's doing like the delete hand motion and everything, mm-hmm. but they, he can't call himself Broken Mad Hardy. You know, Brother Nero completely shed the entire outfit and character. He's just Jeff Hardy. Uh, all right. Well, Obviously, there's no Senor Benjamin. Oh, but I, I did love how the whole crowd anyway. was going on with the delete chance, and and I think I I think Matt Hardy was even saying delete. They're not going to be able to escape that. Oh yeah, I mean we're talking about Husky <sighs> Harris chance for Bray Wyatt for a long time, and I, I think I mean, this just needs time. I think WWE right. will either outlawyer them or they're just going to give them a bunch of money, and they're just going to be able to do it. Like this yeah. this whole thing is stupid, and I think they just need some big big boy people to take care of this and WWE will be those big boys. I could see that being how they just revitalize themselves in a couple of months. Just sort of ride the wave of the Matt and Jeff Hardy thing. Keep the nostalgia going. A couple months from now when people are like, yeah, I'm getting a little sick of Matt and Jeff Hardy. Suddenly they turn heel or Mm -hmm. just snap or something. And then uh, fucking you do everything all over again. Yeah. You could do the same type of things that maybe the people that were only following WWE like me, I didn't see it. So if you replicate some stuff you did before, it's going to be brand new to me. And oh, do you really yeah. think that they could possibly bring in Prince Maxwell? Is that the kid? <laughs> That's the baby. No, see, I don't think that they're going to do senior Benjamin and I, no, Reggie Hardy, she's it's, not going to be in this at all. You, you cannot do it without them. Really? You cannot mm-hmm. do it without them. 
It's an ensemble. They are, yeah, it, they are vital characters to this. It's not just the broken Matt Hardy character. It is the entire group. They work together. Now, I'm sure anyway. the, the guy who played Senior Benjamin isn't doing anything. Or, you know what, actually, I think is kind of a funny idea. Uh, I saw Shelton Benjamin is uh, healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Senior <laughs> Shelton Benjamin. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I forgot about Shelton Benjamin. He should be popping up again real soon. So I'm really excited for that. I like Shelton. And if he's popping up as this senior Benjamin thing, then I don't know what the hell to expect, but (laughs) why not? I like him. (laughs) Then we had one of the low points for me in the night. Oh yeah. John Cena and Nikki Bella against the Miz and Maurice. And um, I can't say that it was a low point in the sense of, that I expected much more because I didn't No, I, I got exactly what I expected. That's one of the problems. And uh, the only thing that I really liked about this other than Maurice looking great, which that's no surprise was that little section at the beginning where the Miz was just kind of playing up to the crowd. That was fun. And I did like how the, the crowd was obviously behind the Miz. They were chanting Miz is awesome. And, you know, I, I like when, the crowd gives respect. Now, not just, you know, anti-Cena, but pro-Cena's opponent. <laughs> well, Miz has been gold. So oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. That's great. But I'll tell you what's not gold. Al Roker. Ugh. No, he's, he's chocolate. Chocolate thunder? <laughs> chocolate thunder. Uh. The fuck is that? Like, I, I get that it's supposed to be a joke. And it was just embarrassing. Jokes are supposed to be funny. Yeah. Well, I think oh, it was man. supposed to be funny. <laughs> he probably <laughs> thought that that would get a huge pop, and oh, that's great! You know, I'm going to call myself Chocolate Thunder, and everybody's going to laugh, and it's going to be what WrestleMania moment. And it was just like, who is this sad old man? And I like how the crowd was like shitting all over him. I like how I would have to explain this to like people outside the country who have no idea who this guy is. It's like, oh, he's a weatherman. Yeah. <laughs> There was a like, thing going around. Let me see if I can bring it up because I, I can't do it justice by not reading it. Um, is this little picture going around. I don't know who started it to begin with, but it was a great representation of just like the insanity of what's going on with this whole WrestleMania. It was um, – all right, here it is. It says, hi, friends. WrestleMania is this Sunday, and I know that for non-wrestling fans, it's a weird time. You hear so much about it in the media, but don't understand what any of it means. So here's a quick breakdown of some of the matches happening on Sunday so you can follow what the news is talking about. A Swamp Man is one of the champions currently. (laughs) His opponent is a man who is a snake. The Snake Man got mad because Swamp Man beat him in a match once, so he pretended to become his servant so he could burn down his house. They are fighting for a belt. A big man tried to kill a smaller man with a forklift, so now they are also fighting for a belt. (laughs) This one wrestler was mad because he didn't have a matchbook for WrestleMania, so he threw his boss through a car window. He got fired, and now his boss decided to fight him at WrestleMania instead. These two guys were friends, and then one of the friends threw the other one a festival, but the other friend betrayed him by giving him a clipboard and throwing him through a TV. They fight for a belt this Sunday. You may know John Cena, so this should be easy to explain. A former world, real world star and his wife made fun of John Cena and his girlfriend, so they're all going to fight, and Al Roker is going to be the answer for it. Simple, no belt even. <laughs> it's like, how do you explain that kind of a thing? Yeah. It's just like, 
you know, who you guys expected to see the, this year for WrestleMania? Oh, man, remember The Undertaker? Yeah, he's going to be wrestling possibly this final match. And they've got this great guy named AJ Styles and, and Al Roker. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing, man. Celebrity involvement has been a big part of WrestleMania all the way back to WrestleMania 1. Mm-hmm. But, man, has the definition of celebrity changed. I mean, you look back at then, you have, like, Mr. T, the the Rockettes, Ray Muhammad Charles, Ali. Robin Leach, Muhammad Ali, like, these Cindy huge Lauper. top names. And, like, now we have, like, fucking Al Roker, a, a fucking weatherman. And then they, like, shouted out some chick who was, like, a YouTube star or some shit. Yeah, what, what the fuck that? was that? <laughs> Lily Singh is her name. I have never heard of her before in my life. Apparently, she has ninety-three billion views or something. I don't know. Do, doing better than me, but like, still, I don't yeah. know who the fuck she is. Yeah, who yeah, she I mean, ever like, be? I'm out of touch enough that I don't know who the woman is that sung "America the Beautiful" and all that kind of stuff. But it's like you know, YouTube sensation Lily Singh. I'm like, I watch YouTube. I don't know who this is. <laughs> and you're like I- an old man. I think there's something to be also mentioned that uh, with all these great entrances, John Cena is usually someone who got the really big entrance treatment, and uh, boy, did he not tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I fucking <laughs> laughed my ass off, and I'm not the only one. Him running down that ramp, it's like if he shit his pants or something. It was mm-hmm. so awkward. He was like pacing himself because he knew how long that shit was. Mm-hmm. He should have just bolted. Just do it. Who cares if you get blown up? You know? Do what he did that one year where he did, like, the salute, and then he just jetted to the ring, you know? But I thought that this whole thing was just sort of underwhelming. And then even the proposal, too, like... It was just Boy, nope. like, hey, nobody I saw that you, one coming. Yeah, Told you that I would, like, propose when the time was right. And since this is in our contract, and since we've planned this, and since everybody knows... Eh... Kind of works. So, what do you think? It's like, sure. All right. <laughs> that was just uh Worst off is that we're going to be seeing it on every video package from now on. <sighs> yeah. Um, it's always like, you know, the boyhood dream has come true for Shawn Michaels. And it used to be, at least, uh, the Benoit and Eddie Guerrero celebrating and Han- uh, Hogan slamming Andre and Ultimate Warrior winning. And now we're going to get the Nikki Bella proposal. And Dude, you you think that's bad? Just wait over the next few months as we have to deal with, like, segments on SmackDown. Uh, for you people who watch the Total Bellas, like, there's, the whole, there's going to be a whole season dedicated to this. And we're going to have to see highlights of that every freaking week on Raw and SmackDown. Maybe Alicia Fox can be another wedding planner again and screw the whole thing up. (laughs) Word on the street is, you know how there's all these rumors of these older divas coming back? There's basically supposed to be like Nikki's crew for this wedding. That's what they're being brought back for. They're like like her bridesmaids. Mm -hmm. That's why they're being brought back to be her bridesmaid friends. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this. I'd like to see some of them back in the mix. I like Kelly Kelly. And I don't know who else it would be necessarily, but God damn that total divas shit. I just can't take it. And I heard a good comparison of this and this is not how we see it, obviously, but how I think they see it is that this is this generation's macho man and Elizabeth. Oh man, <laughs> that's how they—that's how they think that moment was. Like this is the yeah. 2017 match made in heaven. 
<sighs> I can see them seeing it that way, but you're right. This is not how I see it. Nope. <laughs> not at all. Holy shit. Oh, man. If that's the case, I mean, I, I wouldn't fault them too much on it because they are a prominent couple. Mm-hmm. But no. All right, let's look into the future. Let's do our predictions now. They're going to have a mock ceremony on SmackDown. No, and SummerSlam. SummerSlam or what? Some some show in the future. And weddings never go right. Someone always interrupts or something terrible happens. Except. Usually Kane. Except Macho Man and Elizabeth. Uh, How great would it be if Macho Man and Elizabeth interrupted? <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, you know what? Okay, so it did get interrupted at the wedding, but they did get interrupted at the uh, the reception afterwards hmm. by uh, Jake the Snake. He had the okay. snake pop out of the box and yes, went after Macho Man. So maybe we'll have Jake the Snake come in with the snake and attack John Cena. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> or Kane interrupts and pops up through the middle of the ring or... <sighs> who uh, who screwed up the Teddy Long? Oh God, what was her name? Crystal. Oh yeah, the way Crystal Teddy Long had the heart attack in the middle of the freaking. Yeah, yeah. Crystal Marshall, right? That was her name. Yeah, she's she the chick who married Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Um, speaking of Kane, apparently this is the first Mania in 19 years Kane wasn't a part of. Yeah, that's, crazy. that's pretty but significant. I, I, mm-hmm. He missed WrestleMania. He missed Royal Rumble. Like and. I don't know if you if you mentioned this talking about the Hall of Fame, but there, with all the celebrity you mentioned, there was no celebrity in this year's Hall of Fame ceremony. Yeah, oh. I thought it was a little bit weird. Not that I'm like opposed to it, because if they didn't have anybody lined up, don't throw somebody random in there, no. unless you count Eric Legrand. But I, I, I think they had somebody lined up, and then it fell through. Who do you think? <laughs> Who else? Freaking Shaq. Yeah. Yeah. That whole situation is so weird. I really want to know what happened. Like, is that a money thing? Was he like offended by something? I, I think Shaq just bitched out. What a bitch. If that's yeah. the case. I re- uh, redact my statements that I liked Kazam when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer Shazam with Sinbad. <laughs> oh, speaking that of April, April Fool's, Fool's joke was so good. Oh. Yes. <laughs> That was the best April Fool's thing I saw this whole time. Even better than the Jericho Bruce tackle thing. Like, uh, to play up the uh, Mandela effect like that. From now on, it's going to ruin people even more. Because they're going to Google it. And they're going to see that picture. And they're going to be like, see? No. No, it's true. You just messed up so many people's minds. Good job, Sinbad. <laughs> uh, yeah, that whole wedding thing is going to be a bitch for the next couple mm-hmm. of months. And at the very least, the positive could be they go away for a little bit for a honeymoon and we don't see them for a while if you're not a big fan of them. God, I was hoping she said no. I was still hoping that, she, <laughs> that he would have given her an attitude adjustment and turned heel. That oh. would have been great. That would have <laughs> been so fantastic. <laughs> like when we were joking about it when he was happening, it was the whole like, I asked you a question and you know what it is? And I was like thinking of so many different things. It's like. Are you Brie? Or like, uh, can you see me? <laughs> All these kind of things. That would have been so good if they would have just swerved it. Like, I don't know if he goes like, I have one thing to say to you. <laughs> like, just kind of do something. 
I don't know. Anything would have been better than that. But, you know, they like it. I'm sure there's a lot of people in WWE that are like, this is the best thing of the night, like that kind of thing. And there's the Total Divas fan base that they're going to eat it up. And kind of the same thing as the Gronkowski shit. It's something that they wanted to pander to a different side of the audience for. They'll probably love it. So, that Sour taste in my mouth, anyway. Hopefully it's not a really, like... The whole, like, idea of the, you know, the cue cards and all that kind of stuff. I hope, for their sake, it's not just, like, a scam of uh, a relationship. And that it's, like, a legitimate thing, but... Not At least the match was relatively short. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy seeing Cena and Miz together in the ring, but this mixed tag I was not too interested in. I want to see what Miz follows this up with. Yeah. I didn't think the match was too bad, to be honest. Yo, Nikki shocked me with that uh, tope she pulled off, too. I was surprised she did that with her neck problems. I think that's been overblown. I mean, obviously, it was a big deal. She went through the surgery, but mm-hmm. I think the recent thing where people are like, oh, she's not going to be able to fly, I think that was that was overblown. Uh, that might have been over-exaggerated, but just in general, from doing the neck surgery to begin with, I thought that's kind of off the table. So I credit mm-hmm. to her on that. I couldn't fucking do it, that's for sure. Uh, speaking of injuries, that's a good segue. We had our non-sanctioned match next, which this was a hell of a lot better than I thought it was going to be, too. Oh, yeah. I figured Rollins would be a hell of a lot more limited, and dude came out there and did a normal match. So I don't know if that was overblown, too, if he wasn't really all that injured to begin with, or if he just toughed it out or got lucky or what. But And they also said they had the pneumonia or flu or something, too. Yeah, that's right. He was supposed to be sick with like some kind of a fever. Because I've been, re- yeah, I've been reading stuff in the, in the news the last couple of days, and some of the dirt sheets saying that they didn't even know if he was going to make it because he was so sick. Maybe he didn't really have a fever. Maybe he was just always carried around that torch, and that's why he was so hot. Could have been that. <laughs> this is why I'm hot. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed we didn't get Samoa Joe here because he didn't do anything in the entire night. I was expecting him. But you know what? Even though we didn't get Joe, and even though we didn't get Finn Balor, like I had been saying for a while, of like, well, these two will pop up in this one. It's a guarantee, all this kind of stuff. Clearly, I was wrong. We got a Stephanie McMahon table bump. That was <laughs> you know great. What? I'm going to kind of take that as a win. I like this match quite a bit. What do you guys think? It was a lot of fun. Seth Rollins didn't act as, I mean, sure, he was selling a lot, but he didn't legitimately seem to be protecting himself as much as I thought he would. He was, you know, like you said, he was a lot more free with his movements. I thought for sure we were going to get the sledgehammer to the knee. I don't think we saw that, did we? There's a lot no, of teasing with the sledgehammer. Pushed the sledgehammer towards Triple H, and Triple H was like, oh, look at that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And I like the, the spot with Stephanie on the apron trying to take the sledgehammer away from him and stuff, so that set up for that final table bump. So that was cool. I liked how she was part of the match. What about you, Peyton? What did you think? It was a good match. I don't have a lot of complaints with it. Um, I don't think they hit as much as they wanted to. And a lot of that maybe because of Seth Rollins so sick. I think you could tell when you saw him. He had kind of like a droopy face. Um, His demeanor as he was coming down to the ring wasn't as animated. When he actually got in the ring, he was. and that seems to be Seth Rollins' thing. I mean, you notice that when he came back from his first injury, uh, he did not slow down or change his style at all. He just kept that explosiveness, um, which is not a good thing 
you know, typically when you get an injury to something like your knee or your neck, you, you should really adjust things to, to avoid like aggravating that. Um, which, you know, we already saw him aggravate that injury once. Luckily it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Uh, yeah, it, I, I hope this is done. I'll say that. Yeah, I agree with that. They need to push this aside. Um, I was I, really hoping for the curb stomp at the end. Oh, I was going to oh, say it so didn't good. have to be a curb stomp, but a different move. Yeah. Like a, a new move. The curb stomp would have been a really good way to bring it in because of the non-sanctioned idea. And they've been mm-hmm. like, you know, well, that's an illegal move. And been like, well, it's an unsanctioned match. Ah, mm-hmm. fucko. Like, you know, that kind of thing. I just don't like but the it, idea that he's still using the pedigree. But you know what, though? If he beats Triple H with the pedigree and all that, it's kind of like I'm stealing your move and I beat you with your own move kind of a thing. It makes sense. I was going to say, there is a poetic thing to it. Yeah, because Triple H took him under his wing, uh, literally gave him everything, gave him the title, gave him the top spot, gave him a bunch of goons, and, and gave him the pedigree. And so for that to now turn its back and the student beats the master with the move that he taught him, there, there is poetic justice to that. I guess it makes sense. But I, just I, like each guy, I like each guy to have their own signature move. But I understand. Yeah. It makes Triple sense H story-wise. doesn't normally wrestle, so it's, it's not like it's conflicting that much. Right. And in a world where everybody does a super kick, Shawn Michaels <laughs> coming out and doing a super kick would still end up getting a pop. You know? In a world where everybody does a super kick. <laughs> Because he tunes up the band first. (laughs) Yeah, that's why. (laughs) If everybody else tuned up, then they'd get a pop. But what did you guys think about the entrance? Because I did not like it as much as some of the other people that were hanging out tonight. But I didn't hate it. Um, Triple H's. It it just reminded me of, like, Chuck Palumbo would have done it, you know? Chuck Palumbo would not have had a bike anywhere near that cool or a chick as hot as Stephanie. Let's just be very clear with that. He had Michelle McCool for a while. Who is nowhere near as hot as Stephanie was tonight? You give me a choice between the two. I'd actually pick Michelle McCool. You're not uh, Stephanie. Stephanie did look great though. <laughs> oh yeah, and that and that bike was way cooler than any bike that Chuck Palumbo rode. What I didn't really understand was the motorcade. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought that was kind of dumb. And I, my comment, I think I made in the group was, I bet that looked a lot better, sounded a lot better on paper because mm-hmm. the idea of it describing it, but then you actually see it, and it's like, eh, eh. I don't know. Maybe it's, he wrote down like they were like, "What do you want on your entrance?" And he wrote down "Motorhead," and they thought that he was motorcade. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> He's just kind of like, "Oh, damn it! No, I didn't. Ah, fine. Well, you're already fucking here." Like, <laughs> well, and the thing is weird about it is we already had someone else that was going to have a police escort later in the night. That's what I thought too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he couldn't possibly let Goldberg have that. He's like, "No, I'm going to have police on motorcycles." <laughs> And Goldberg's like, oh, yeah, well, my police, they're going to have shotguns with laser beams. Now, <laughs> that all being said, the moment when they were all circling the ring and all the lights were going off looked awesome. Yeah. V- visually, it was stunning. Um, I-, I liked parts of it and I didn't like parts of it. I-, I don't think there's a wrong answer either way on it. Yeah, and had the had the motorcade not been there and it was just him on the on the trike with Stephanie, it probably would have felt even more underwhelming. <laughs> But trike. He's got training it, wheels. It was like, a tricycle. It was, it was a, a trike. tricycle. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's just, it I'm imagining a tricycle with like tassels and like a little basket, and a little, you <laughs> a know, little bell. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been even better just to have somebody come out like that. Comes out on a big wheel. Yeah. He comes out on Kawasaki Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Pow, pow, power wheels. Oh, man. Nostalgia waves. Um, yeah, it's not going to go down as my favorite Triple H entrance of all time, but, I mean, doesn't have to be. So, not going to complain acceptable. about it. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. You give me the same entrance he's always done or that one, I'll pick that one over it. But I would have liked something a little bit cooler. I kind of thought that they were going to go something a little bit more with that whole, like, um, I don't know how they would have done something with it. I'll put that out there. But they were building up the idea of the architect versus the destroyer, the, uh, the destroyer of like the blueprints and all that stuff. And I was like, maybe they'll do something mm-hmm. like that. But then it's like, you can't really be like, what's your inspiration for this year's entrance? Uh, architecture. And, you know, carrying around a fucking ruler and shit. Seth well, Rollins comes no. out first and builds a Lego statue and Triple H knocks it down. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm really surprised they didn't do, even though they've done this a bunch, but they were really building up the whole King Slayer thing with Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. So I'm shocked he didn't do another thing where he came out on a throne. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And maybe Rollins came out with like a sword or something. Mm-hmm. Be like, going to slay the king. That would have made sense. Came out with like a Game of Thrones Jamie Lannister type thing. He did have a shirt called Kingslayer, so they went through the effort of doing the shirt, but yeah. Instead they were just kinda like, Hey, can you do like an Olympic torch thing instead? Oh and King Slayer. I thought it was King's Lair. Damn, I I misread it. Okay. Uh and as for your taste in this, Tony, I mean, after he does Terminator, where's he gonna go that you're gonna like any better? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, we've already got we got a Terminator entrance, and yeah. we got a guy who comes out with a James Bond entrance. If somebody comes out with like in like an X wing, <laughs> like, <laughs> at that point, I'm just gonna be like, all right, I guess I'm done. <laughs> Hit the trifecta. Then we get a couple like a t- uh, stable that comes out dressed up like the Reservoir Dogs or all Mr. Pink and Mr. Orange, and so I just start checking out all the movies on my list, you know. Eventually, we get to the point where it's like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and they're all real estate agents, and they're like, yeah, this is pretty boring. <laughs> Great movie, though. If you haven't watched that movie, check it out. It's fucking fantastic. Uh, we also had a musical performance tonight. We had, <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> the only note that I have written down is, LOL, Lunch Money Lewis's fat <laughs> figures. <laughs> so I was doing the, the live chat on um, Beam, and a lot of them were like, is that Flo Rida? He got fat. I think they didn't even know who he was. You're not, that's not the only person. I think it was Dace said the same thing. And you know what? The first guy that came out, I, I feel so embarrassed saying this, but I can admit it later just by making fun of myself. I thought the first guy that came out was Eric Legrand. And I was like, holy fuck, he's walking. For like a, for a split second, I was just kind of like, oh my God, oh this my is like God. the best story ever. Like this dude <sighs> just... <laughs> And it was like just enough time for me to start saying that, like, oh my god, it's there. and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, it's the, not him. The, the sweet healing miracle. powers of Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> like the Hall of Fame has such a good success story. Dana Warrior inducts him, and he can walk now. Like, <laughs> and I was just kind of like, oh, okay, no, it isn't. This makes a lot much more sense. What didn't he say that in his speech too? Like at the end, he's like, I will walk again. I couldn't tell you. His speech was so goddamn boring. Just like, you know, I, I got a feeling whatever. And I used to watch this stuff back in the day. And I used to eat Twizzlers back in my uh, <laughs> campus. And I used to play as Kane in the old games. And Kane won me a lot of matches. And but I was just like, ah, we got like four more hours. Of <laughs> <laughs> I like the song Greenlight. So that was cool. I do I now. Really like Pitbull after or... having it forced in my head for the past few months. 
Yeah. You'll miss it when it's gone. No, no, I like it. I, I, I have it on one of my playlists. So. Yeah, same here. I downloaded it a while ago. By the time they got to, I think it was like 42 days away, I, I downloaded it at that point. Oh, yeah. That first song, I wasn't digging. I don't know what that was. But uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no big surprises with uh, Eric Legrand walking and no uh, <laughs> Flow Rider really got fat, that kind of thing. I completely missed the musical performance, and I'm not sorry because I deemed that my bathroom break and refreshing my snacks time. Yeah, that was definitely break time. You know, it was funny, though, when Lunch Wendy Lewis started walking down the ramp, it was like, you're doing the John Cena walk. <laughs> but John Cena was doing it because he was pacing himself. You're doing it because, oddly enough, you're still pacing yourself, but you're just not walking down the whole ramp. <laughs> yeah, I like the song. And you know what? I don't like musical performances at WrestleMania, but this was unoffensive. Yeah, it's been worse. Yeah, like WrestleMania 29. <laughs> what do you mean? You're still salty about good that. <laughs> Just Dude, the idea. Freaking living color was awesome to see. Well, that that stuff I'm fine with. But you know, could have been worse. Could have been uh, some kind of a song that I didn't like, or could have been at a different point in the night where it kind of cut out all the momentum or something. Could have been Kid it, Rock playing out all the divas. Ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. there's one. Wasn't it you, Mike, who said something recently? It doesn't feel like WrestleMania without Flo Rida. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He has like become contract. a bit of a tradition. A lot of people thought that The Rock was going to show up tonight since it was Orlando. Really weird. No, no Rock, no Stone Cold, no Hogan. No Hogan, yeah. No backstage segments. Not, oh, yeah. Whatever happened to pre-match interviews, you know? Yeah, that, I mean, Gene, you know. That's a lost art. I'd rather have a pre-match interview than to have a video package at this point. I think you put all the video packages on the pre-show and you do a pre-match interview instead. Especially if it is somebody like a mean Gene. That'd be kind of cool. Bring him back for just a little bit, you know. Call, uh, he'd be like, all right, next up it's our old stoves match. <laughs> kind of shit. Uh, what was our next match on the card? It was the, okay, this one was one that I got to feel was a little bit underwhelming. Was the WWE Championship match. Randy Orton against Bray Wyatt. And... I didn't hate it by any means. I didn't dislike it, but I warmed up to this feud enough and I was really kind of expecting this to be better. And it was sort of like the Jericho and Owens match where in the grand scheme of things, I don't remember much about it other than like the entrance ramp and all that other kind of stuff. I do remember the RKO that finished this was just blah. You see, when you were mentioning earlier the matches that you thought should have gotten more time, this is one I thought you were going to say because uh, this one I th- I thought felt way too short. And in the grand scheme of things, it was one of the shorter matches on the card. I, I would have given these guys another four or five minutes. I wonder what the actual times are. Uh, 10.30 is what it says on Wikipedia for this one. Well, I've got 1.57 a.m. Hey. I watch. Uh, yeah, that's, um, I don't know if it really felt too short to me compared to the other match, but in general, I just wasn't really all that impressed about it. And, and one again, thing that I, I saw that some it was like pe- bad, it was no, it wasn't a bad not, match. Not as good as I hoped. I wish they would have got more time. And I saw people complaining that it wasn't, you know, I understand putting, uh, Undertaker at the end, 
but that it wasn't the penultimate match of the night because when Randy Orton won, they're like, Oh, you're in the main event of WrestleMania. And I understand main event doesn't necessarily mean the last match on the card, but this was like the fourth to last match. But on the flip side of that, doesn't that say something to the importance of the other matches? Like to have the Undertaker match be above the title matches, doesn't that just elevate how big of a deal that match is? Oh yeah, for that one, absolutely. But the women's, I mean, the women's was just sort of a palate cleanser. That, that, yeah, that, that's a come down match. That, yeah. That's how you, that, that's about card structure. It doesn't have anything yeah. to do with uh, importance. In general, I'm, I'm I think that people need to no, get not, that kind of thing. No, I don't necessarily it, agree with that. I just I just was sharing that a lot of people were expressing that opinion. No, I yeah. know, but this is basically the same idea as the Shane and AJ thing, just to a higher degree, you know? Yeah. Rather, the, the, there's just any other day, this might have been the main event, no problem, but you just had too much bigger shit on this card. Oh, yeah. 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 No, it makes sense in the grand scheme of things. What did you guys think about the match itself, though? Was this good enough quality for the WWE title? I liked it. It, yeah. I, I liked the parlor tricks they played in it with the uh, projections, and I, I think Randy Orton uh, showed a good fear with that when they first started playing there. A new face I, of fear. I almost expected him to kind of like play the tricks back, like and start having snakes appear and freak out Bray Wyatt, like, oh, you know, I, I I've been with your family, I know how to play your tricks. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, then, really then it shows the, the snakes eating the maggots and stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think Bray Wyatt should have more supernatural stuff like that to his character. Um, but unfortunately, I don't know where his character is going to go after this because why the fuck did he lose? Mm-hmm. That's that's the one thing that really throws me off about this. Um, I mean, listen, Randy Orton, I get it. He's a legend. He's been around forever. Um, they're, they're running the stat. There's only three people who have held more world titles than him at this point. John Cena, uh, Ric Flair, and, Triple H. Uh, Triple H. H. Yeah. Edge uh-huh. is really close, though, isn't he? I think he has nine. Mm. He, has, he has a lot, though. He has a lot, especially for such a short amount of time in the main event. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess we have to see where this goes. It, it the, is the ultimate thing with it. Until you can really judge it. I, I just, I really liked Bray Wyatt's character for the last amount of time. And I think it's great. He finally got to that point. Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel like it's a little too soon to pull the rug out from underneath him. But again, it, it it's all going to depend on where this goes. So it's, see, it's that's my whole thing. Too. I, was, I was hoping that they would have the title on Wyatt for a little bit longer, at least, and continue to build the credibility as champion. Cause it feels, I don't know, a little bit now, like they're kind of bouncing it around. He just got an elimination chamber, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he only got it because they wanted it to be Randy Orton winning it at WrestleMania. And that's the only reason why they gave Randy Orton the Royal Rumble win, too. And I I go back to when I was complaining about that. I still think this shouldn't have been the world title match. Yeah. I don't know exactly how you would have shuffled around other things in the match uh, card. Maybe some other people would have been in different situations. I don't know. But... I look at that and I go, yeah, but they could have had the same exact feud without the title. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it still would have been the way that it would have been, you know? So it is a lot based off of what they follow it up with. Cause if we get Bray Wyatt winning the title back in another month or something like that, it's going to feel like they're hot potatoing it. And if we get Bray Wyatt not doing a damn thing, then it kind of sucks for him a little bit that he just got the title to be a transitional champ and, 
I also kind of don't want him to get the title back because I don't think he can have a solid enough feud with the other people versus Randy Orton. Because I could see Orton Styles being good, and I can see uh, like that they would probably go with something stupid like Bray Wyatt versus Dean Ambrose again, and I don't want to see that. So, I don't know. Then we got the draft coming up, too. That could be a big, big factor in this. Mm, Bray could go to Raw. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if he did at this point. Especially to get him away from not only Luke Harper, but Randy Orton and Eric Rowan is still on uh, SmackDown, technically. He should be coming back soon. I was half expecting to see him tonight. I thought he might show up in the Battle Royal, but no entrances, so that kind of throws that off. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was 33 men in the Battle Royal. I thought it was 32. I'm forgetting somebody. I don't know. Um, that makes sense for WrestleMania 33. Ah, oh, I see what you did there. That'd be, be great if, like, a couple years from now, they're like, we need 48 men. <laughs> like, you know. So we were talking about the whole idea of where do they go from here with the WWE Championship, and I think that applies a lot to the Universal title match, too, because my biggest criticism of this whole thing wasn't necessarily the idea of Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg being too quick of a match. It was... I don't want to see Brock Lesnar hold the United States title hostage for the next five months. And I think we're going to get that. So I'm disappointed. But I will say I'm not disappointed in this. Yeah, it's going to be weird. He's going to go and take it from Kevin Owens. <laughs> just hold it hostage. Yeah, kind of. Like, I I wanted to just kind of hang around. You know, I don't like the Brock Lesnar point of view <laughs> of booking. I don't think you heard yourself. You said the United States title. Oh, I said United States? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You start off with UIN. I mistype it all the time and stuff, too. Maybe he will. I don't know. How about this? How about he takes the United States title hostage, but oh, he trades Owens the Universal instead? (laughs) I'd be okay with that. Just kind of go like, hey, do you want to trade? I don't like red. I like red, white, and blue instead. He's just like, okay, here we go. Nice, easy peasy. But I don't want the Universal title to be held hostage. Let's put it that way. For... All the way up until SummerSlam. That sucks. It makes it like the Universal title already has a bad history to it in my mm-hmm. mind. You've got the first champion relinquished it the next night. Kevin Owens was a good champion, but I mean, I still don't think that the title looks all that great. And it took a while for people to stop talking about that. So you got a title that's like the first champion dropped the first night. Everybody shits all over it. And then Kevin Owens loses it super fast. And then Goldberg loses it really fast. And then it disappears for a while. And it's like, oh, come on, man. Like, I can kind of understand what they did here. Like, why they gave them these the title situations. Because they really, really wanted Goldberg to have another title win. And I'm sure in their minds it's like, well, if Brock Lesnar is going to lose and play ball when it comes to Goldberg, then let's give him a title to offset it a little bit. But that just bugs me so i i'm hoping although i'm not holding out much hope that lesnar does still show up at least a little bit more like you can't with a brand split era not have the universal title for five months but i will say this segment itself i liked it yeah it was much better than i had anticipated it went, went on longer than I uh, thought it would do. Four minutes and 46 seconds from my count, 445 according to Wikipedia. So it's more than what a lot of people thought it was going to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Over-under seemed to be like a minute and a half for most. 
No, the match was exactly what it needed to be. It, it cut the bullshit. It got right to the high octane action. Lots mm-hmm. of big power moves. I mean, God, as long as that match was, they freaking destructed the freaking barricade. Didn't they take out a table? A uh, mm-hmm. chair, I think, got bent a little bit. Like, there's there's a lot of nonsense going on in this match. Um, and I think the right decision happened. Uh, if we're not going to see Goldberg again, you're certainly not going to want to keep it there. Right. Um, and say what you will, man. Fucking crowd was super excited for Brock Lesnar being champion. Oh yeah, people love Brock Lesnar. He he is a worthy champion. Uh, it it doesn't bother me if he's not there that much, man, because. To me, the champion's not supposed to be there all the time. So to me, the champion's supposed to be a rarity. It's supposed to be something that you have to pay to see. The champion doesn't work for free. So I'd, he should come out rarely. I'd be on board with that if he only wrestled on the pay-per-views. But when he skips all the Raws and all the pay-per-views for a while, that's what bugs me. Like, if we didn't see him again, if we saw him tomorrow night on Raw, or tonight at this point... And then we didn't see him again until payback or even like the week before payback or whatever. But even if we didn't see him until payback, then I'd be like, all right, but I I don't want to see him skip the next from April 3rd all the way until August 30th. I agree. And then I like how, you know, they only talk about the 30 day rule when it's convenient for storyline purposes. And I don't think the title necessarily has to be defended every 30 days, but it would be nice to see the champion at least once a month. We we don't know what's happening. No, we don't. For all we know, Finn Balor can come out tomorrow night and beat him for the title. It could happen. I mean, stranger things have happened before. That would be a good way to kind of set up something for SummerSlam and kind of, you know, sort of be like, well, you know, maybe Paul Heyman is riding on a wave and he's just kind of like, you see, nobody can beat Brock Lesnar. He even conquered Goldberg. In fact, we're so happy with what happened. We're going to put out an open challenge and it could be, fuck, it could be Samoa Joe even because he didn't show up tonight. Could be Shinsuke Nakamura. Could be Nakamura, yeah. All that stuff is much more entertaining than Brock Lesnar not showing up for a couple of months. <laughs> but, I mean, maybe they signed him to a deal where now that he's not going to do the UFC thing anymore, maybe he is going to show up a little bit more often. Huh. I Fat doubt chance. it. <laughs> yeah. I highly doubt it. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> I'm trying to keep a little bit of optimism before it's shattered and I bitch and complain for the next couple of months. <laughs> There's only been a couple hours since WrestleMania. I need to hold on to at least a little bit of hope. But I did enjoy the segment. I thought that uh, the criticism that it was like, oh, all this is is suplexes and spears. Well, these guys don't know how to really do a whole lot of other things with each other. So What what did you want to see? Yeah. yeah. They're not going to do, you know, hurricanranas and stuff. <laughs> I like the one big leap that Lesnar did to move out of the way of the spear. Yeah. That was good. So if we look to the future a little bit here, Goldberg and Lesnar was a big match that they got out of the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I doubt that Goldberg's going to be wrestling again, but just play devil's advocate here. If he were to wrestle at least one more time or whatever, who would you guys like to see him go up against? Roman Reigns. Yeah, that'd be good. That's, that's Roman the Reigns or... match. Yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. I didn't really have an answer in my mind. Like I wasn't leaning was, one way toward the other, but you know what? You bring up Roman Reigns. I, 
I think I can't I, think of anything better than that. The, the name there, that immediately popped in my head was Rollins, but I think Reigns would be the money match. There's a lot of matches you can do. You could do Rollins, you could do Owens, um, but I just think the money match. It's it's Roman Reigns plus. Of course, that's what they're going to want to do. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be great though if Goldberg was just kind of like, Nah, man, I really want to work with that Kalisto or something. <laughs> like, oh, dude! Imagine if Ryback was still around. <laughs> You see that he was complaining and saying they brought him in to spite me. It's like they really don't give that much of a shit about you right back. Come on. I mean, they signed this multi-million dollar deal with Goldberg to be like, haha, we got you right back. No, fuck you, dude. But um, yeah, Brock Lesnar is our new universal champion, not United States champion. He didn't steal that away yet. And that match lasted under five minutes and just over five minutes was the SmackDown women's championship match. That's the one that I thought got undercut a lot. That was the second shortest match of the entire night. Yeah. And the other one was an excuse because it's Goldberg and Lesnar and, you know, that kind of a thing. That match, though, for the SmackDown women's title, it shouldn't have been five and a half minutes. That should have been normal. They just didn't have the time in it. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like had that been on the pre-show, they would have gotten more time, but they yeah. sort of sandwished them in at the end. They're like, shit. Uh, but we're no, and- everyone had to have it on the main show. It's all mm-hmm. their fault. If you look <laughs> at the Dean Ambrose-Baron Corbin match, that was 10 minutes and 55 seconds. That would have doubled the match time for the SmackDown women's title. Although, in the you know flip side, it would have probably mean uh, meant that Ambrose and Corbin would have been a quick match, and that would have sucked too. So it's kind of catch-22. Although I'd rather them just kind of cut out one of those video packages or whatever and add a couple minutes here and there. But don't be shocked if we get another six-pack challenge on SmackDown this week. I just uh, – I just don't, I don't think even if you added a little bit more time, this match still wouldn't have felt like a cluster. Mm-hmm. You know, just when you, when you put six people in a match like that, that's just the nature of the match. Yeah. I'm also a little bit disappointed that we didn't get any kind of surprises. But yeah, but that's that's they didn't advertise that, it like that. So yeah, that that's people putting hype into dirt sheets. That that's nobody's fault but our own. You know, mm-hmm. if if that happened to us, that's 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 our own thing. Um, what I thought was weird is why was Mickey James dressed like Tatanka? I have no idea. <laughs> what the hell? I was, was wondering going on about there? that. Yeah. And what was Becky Lynch doing with her eye makeup or whatever? She had kind of like kinda... the Asuka face paint on, only it was white instead of black. Uh-huh. I mean, like a Mad Max kind of a thing. That whole thing was just sort of I I'm literally I'm typing on my laptop, I'm adding some stuff to Bleach Report or whatever like that, and I look up and I hear Mickey James's music playing and I'm like, wait, who's fucking coming in the ring? Wait, that's Mickey? The hell does she have on? That threw me off so much. I don't understand that at all, but Yeah, she makes everything look good, so I can't complain. She looks so good. I'm so happy she's wearing shorts again. Mm. <laughs> Mickey James is going to be hard for me to uh, to vote against on the tournament this summer. Which, by the way, if you're listening, the uh, Smark Madness tournament is ending in, like, you know, a day, essentially. So you got the last little bit of time to vote on your favorite finisher between those two options. The Stunner and the RKO. Basically oh, the same wow. damn thing. Such different fucking moves. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so weird. So what we came down to here is that we got... Uh, Naomi is our new SmackDown Women's Champion, and I, I think that's the right decision. Yeah, I can't disagree it, with it. If there was no surprises there, this was the woman to do it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think they're just going to pick up the storyline or whatever plans they had for them before she had to leave on injury and was forced to vacate the title. So it was just a 
quick sidetrack, and now they're back on track. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It doesn't hinder anybody in the process either. Like, oh no, I'm had... not saying that's bad. I, no, I yeah. thought, you know. Yeah. Well, we had like Naomi won the title at Elimination Chamber. She had to give it up two weeks later, I think, mm-hmm. and that sucks. And Naomi's been somebody who should have had that title one or two times before that. So she's also not one of those people where you go, oh, she's a two-time champ in this short time frame. Yeah, well, if you look at how long her goddamn career has been, it's like she should have had two titles by now. So they pick her up against uh, Alexa Bliss. And I also like that it was Alexa Bliss that tapped out because then that means that she, like, beat the champion the way that she was supposed to. It wasn't like she pinned Carmella and then we'd get the same shit where it would be like, yeah, but you didn't beat me and the champion didn't need to be beaten and whatever. Seen that a million times before. I'm cool with it moving on to a different feud, whether it's Naomi versus Mickey James or, you know, whatever. Yep. And how cool was that finisher? Like, why do the women have all the best submission finishers? I don't know who's doing this with them. If it's Sarah Del Rey or if it's Dean Malenko. I mean, he, he's the one who knows a thousand and four holds. A couple of arm bars or, in the mix there. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, that's Jericho. That's right. He's just a man of a thousand. Yeah. That's right. Jericho had a few more. Um, but whoever's doing it des- deserves a goddamn raise because they just keep coming up with these really awesome and painful looking submission finishers and they, they look fantastic. You to me, it's what, it's one of the highlights of the women's wrestling right now is, is the submissions. Yeah, and you can't look at the way that she won that match and not go, ooh, that looks like that would fucking hurt. You know, like, yeah, it looks like it'll fucking hurt. <laughs> so Alexa tapping out to that is not like she lost to... You know, like we've had some shitty finishers over the years. When when MVP was doing the playmaker, it was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Come on. I'm sorry, but the walls of Jericho look fucking terrible now. Well, the Boston Crab version is just not as good as the Lion Tamer. Mm-hmm. Oh, who was it tonight that did? Um, oh, it was Natalia trying to do the sharpshooter and not really being able to do it. It's like A for effort, but kind of botched that a little bit. But I she was really doing like, it to two people. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't like how this match turned out all that much. It felt rushed to me. And I I know that these women are better. You know? Would they have been better off just doing a singles match? I don't know. See, that's the thing. Because it's WrestleMania. Because yeah. so it feels like it's a shot against the other women if they wouldn't have been a part of it. But match quality wise... Maybe. So it's sort of, do you weigh the moment or do you weigh the match, kind of? I don't know. Maybe it would have been better as a triple threat or a fatal four-way because, like, Carmella sticks out to me. I don't think she belonged in that match. Even if it would have been a fatal four-way, I think giving them five minutes, it still would have been rushed. Yeah. Kind of a no-win situation at that point. They couldn't have cut it from the card and they were rushed, you know? But hey, it got James Ellsworth a WrestleMania payday. <laughs> oh boy. I was surprised he wasn't in the Battle Royal. I thought that they would pop him in there. But... He doesn't wrestle anymore, does he? When was the last time that he was wrestling? The uh, mixed tag match? Yeah. I think that might have been the last time we saw him. Mm. I'm sure if he, they have him go out there and get his ass kicked, he'll do it. You know. Oh yeah. That takes us into our final match of the night. No holds barred, which I'm glad that they added that stipulation to it. 
kind of they did that they right did. before the match, right? Yeah, that that wasn't okay. planned ahead of time. Well, I mean, it probably okay. was planned ahead of time, but it was announced ahead of time. But it seemed right. like it, they needed that, and yeah. knowing how this all ended, and it was the right way to to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't say that I loved or hated this because I'm of like very conflicting opinions because. The Undertaker is my second favorite of all time. And I understand the idea of Roman Reigns defeating the Undertaker making sense. But there's still that part of me that's sitting there going, yeah, but why couldn't he have ended the night winning this and bowing out and just being like, we cemented that it's perpetually always the Undertaker's yard. And that's good enough. Kind of like Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy. It's like, well, Andre the Giant was one of the best ever, and there's never going to be another Andre. And it's like, well, there's never going to be another Undertaker. It's always his yard, that kind of a thing. It's it's very simple. It's old school wrestling mentality. You do the honors on your way out. I know, but it's that, just, that's that, all it is. That's all it is. It's not any more complicated than that. The fan, <laughs> that's in, all it is. The Undertaker fan in me has those goggles. I have to admit, like mm. I don't feel as negative about this as I did when he lost to Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. I'll say that Brock, that whole thing pissed me off. And I still think he shouldn't have lost. Uh, shouldn't have won that. Uh, he should have won that match. Would you been okay with them protecting the streak until now? And Roman Reigns beating the streak. Maybe. Uh, but that's I mean, tough but... too. Cause the whole thing is Roman Reigns. They're not, they can tell themselves all they want that this whole idea of, yeah, but he gets a big reaction and all that. But you know that that is company speak mm-hmm. and that they don't really believe it 100 percent. Partially, they uh, do. He, didn't he just get revealed as the top merchandise seller now? Even still, you know, they got to be upset that people aren't cheering him. No, I think they're happy people are doing something with him. And again, if he's the top merchandise seller, I'm sure they're quite happy. They're not going to put him in the main event of WrestleMania three years in a row if they weren't. Do they love mm. this guy? Think of all they have given this guy. Mm. They've yeah. given him everything. Everything. I don't know if there's much more they could possibly give this guy. Yeah, he beat Kane's record in the Royal Rumble. He's had a main event match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. He beat Triple H for the title at WrestleMania. He beat The Undertaker in one of the only two matches Undertaker's lost in his final match, most likely. He won the Royal event. Rumble. He won the Royal Rumble. Damn near won it mm-hmm. like two other times. Yep. The, the guy has done freaking everything. Um, listen, I don't think The Undertaker would have even done this match if it weren't just to do the honors. That is all I think this match existed for, because Undertaker he was in such bad shape. Mm, that and we've been yeah, we've been saying that for a while. That segment where he was struggling to get up on Raw was pretty brutal. I I felt so bad for him this entire when he got speared through the table. I thought he was dead. <laughs> he was done. Yeah. Um, for for what they had to work with, I think they made a fantastic match here. Uh, I think the closing moment was very romantic it was very touching to me this was this was the emotional moment of the night not that john cena proposing bullshit oh yeah, yeah. like this this is the segment that made me cry <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is the segment that pulled at my heartstrings and like to be honest the gravity of that moment didn't even really hit me until 
like that was playing out. Like, you know, I knew for a while, like, okay, this is Undertaker's last match, and Roman's gonna retire him. And then like it wasn't until he was actually there taking off the gloves, putting yeah. on the hat, and, yeah. and then it like it really hit me, and I'm like, oh my god, it's over. When he went like, back into the ring for another look around, that's when I was like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, he, any... he started going out of the out of the ropes and then he turned. Ugh. There goes any suspension of disbelief for me of like, well, maybe. And it was just like, no, I have to accept that he's like, just same with Shawn Michaels. When Shawn Michaels lost, I was just like, no, Shawn Michaels can't leave. And then it was like, took a while for me to be like, yeah, he's done. And it's like, you know, I said there's some people still holding on to the fact that Shawn Michaels is coming back. I know. Right. I mean, (laughs) if he if he came back, I'd be ecstatic, but it's not going to happen. And I, I said this uh, to everybody that we were watching. We were recording Chuck's reaction because we were like, this is going to be great. And it was just depressing. So, <laughs> you know, uh, and not even depressing in like, ah, ha, ha, it's funny. Like Chuck's all depressed. It was just we were all just kind of like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I said this uh, when we were talking about that. I was just kind of like, you know what, though? As much as I can say I want The Undertaker to continue wrestling forever – and for my favorite of all time and my second favorite of all time to be done and over with, and I can't see him wrestle anymore and he can't have a match with AJ Styles and he can't fight Samoa Joe and all these other matches that I would have wanted to see. You got to remember the performers. If this guy is so beaten up like this, that he needs hip uh, surgery and everything. Take the fucking loss leave, don't come back anymore, and be able to fucking walk the rest of your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, as much of a fan as I am, I cannot be selfish enough to say, no, no, he needs to just battle it out and fight again next year. Fuck that, dude. He's given us how many goddamn years? He has nothing he has to give. He nothing. owes nobody exactly. anything. And again, he did not need to do this match, no. but I think he did it just because he wanted to do the honors. And I think there yeah. might have been a little bit of a sting if it would not a sting, not not that being because that sucks. We didn't get the sting match either, but yeah. it would have sucked if it would have been like, oh, his last match was against Shane McMahon. Like, I don't know, that would have kind of sucked. With Roman Reigns, I can accept it as much as I think that there's problems with the Roman Reigns situation. And I, I think it rings true that chanting right after the match, and if you looked on social media after that, you saw nothing but "Thank you, Taker," and. Who can't agree with that? He gave us so much, and it's you can't help but respect the guy for everything he's given the business over decades. I don't know if there's a more respected person except for maybe Andre. Yeah. That's the only other person I could possibly think of that's more respected than The Undertaker. Not even Vince. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even then with Andre, I'd argue that Undertaker might have an edge over Andre. Like. I've not really it's, heard anything bad about Andre, but well, it's tough to say because Andre gets the benefit of being dead. Yeah, and yet Undertaker's yeah. well, just undead. It's not too much of a benefit. <laughs> I'm sure Undertaker's like, no, I'll take it. <laughs> okay, well, it was a poor choice of words. Although you can argue Undertaker does have a benefit of being the dead man. So <laughs> I, I more meant as far as the benefit to the, the, yeah. the perception of his character. Yeah, where like, everybody when they when they die, everybody starts talking about yeah. how they're a better person than they ever were and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, Undertaker is like even the people that don't necessarily like Undertaker are always kind of like, yeah, we never got along, but fucking bow down to him immediately. Like, <laughs> so how must Roman Reigns feel at this point? Like, jeez, oh, uh, 
you got to be conflicting opinions because you got to be sitting there going, oh man, I wrestled Undertaker in his last match and I beat him and he did the honors for me. And at the same time, the fan in him must be like, I don't want to beat the Undertaker. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think Roman me? Reigns cares. You think he's one of those guys where he's just like, yeah, it was another Sunday. <laughs> I, I, You know, I really wonder if Roman Reigns believes in his own hype. Like, I bet he does. Bag? I think he does. I, I think he strongly does. Yeah. With, with, I think the family's backing him all the time on it. He's probably been told he was great since he was a fucking spermling. <laughs> I used to play baseball. Is that a word? <laughs> spermling. Like, seriously, like, big, big papa fucking on a way. He was looking down at his balls and was like, yep, you're going to be great one day. <laughs> you're going to kick ass at football and wrestling. <laughs> And the women are going to love you, too. <laughs> Especially that one chick on Raw. The bouncy chick. So it's a somber way to end the night. Like, But at the same time, it's supposed to be a celebration. So, <sighs> You know what the worst thing about this is, though? Is you have to look to the future. And you know who our replacement for The Undertaker was supposed to be? Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Who... Didn't have the torch passed to him properly. And well, that's because Seth Rollins put it on the ramp instead. <laughs> oh, and including the last, you know, including the events of tonight is now 0-3 at WrestleMania. So he's, oh, having, he's right. having a reverse streak. Oh, no. <laughs> well, 33 years from now, we should try to count how that goes. But yeah, there's never going to be another Undertaker. In any way, uh, any capacity. I mean, you got people that'll try to do gimmicky things like that, and everybody's gonna be like, you know, the Undertaker. But even as far as just like a a performer in general, like this dude, unparalleled. Mm. The closest yeah. to him is Kane, and Kane's on his way out too. Like, I think Kane might even be done. I don't I think, think he's all- done. I, I think all of his resources are going into this campaign, and if he wins, he's done. Hmm. What was his last match? Just like a random thing on SmackDown? Uh, oh, I don't know. I know <laughs> Honestly, Randy Orton, when Randy Orton turned, he turned on Kane to yeah. team up with the Wyatts. So was that the last one? I'm trying to remember. I don't know. I hope Kane's not done, especially since we know that Big Show's done and Undertaker's well, done. Well, Big Show's not done. He said he's going to be done in January. That's still a long way away. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, knowing that it's coming up and he said that this was going to be his last WrestleMania. Uh, like he's, he's full of shit, dude. They're going to sign the extension. He's going to go to Mania. What about Mark Henry? I know he's not that. He said that. This he was going to retire like... three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, it's a shame to see a lot of these people that like I grew up with kind of bowing out. It's going to happen eventually. So, you know. But I don't know. I don't like feeling old. <laughs> that sucks. But I do think that it's good that they gave Undertaker a send off like that. And I kind of want to see something tomorrow night, but I kind of don't. Like, I don't know. I'm of two opinions about it. It's like, I do I, not. I, I don't know if you're going to say this. I do not want to see Undertaker come out. And and give the rub to Roman Reigns and basically say, oh, you beat me and I'm passing the torch to you. No, the, the match said enough tonight. No, I don't, I don't think want to he see needs- that. Oh, no. good. That would be no, awful. I mean, there's, there's one of two things that I – actually, there's three options that I can see them doing that 
that I'd be kind of okay with, depending on if it turns out okay. One is if just Roman Reigns comes out and maybe they do like some kind of a tribute thing to Undertaker and maybe Roman Reigns just kind of cuts a promo and says like, you know, the dead, the nobody will ever uh, top the dead man. And for me to establish that, like, it's my yard now or whatever, it's like the best honor and all that kind of stuff. But even if they do that, he's going to get booed. So I don't think that that's a good idea. The other thing is maybe they just kind of transition this a little bit into like maybe they bring him into the Hall of Fame next year sort of a thing and we, we kind of like don't mention this at all. Or maybe we just don't mention it, period. I mean, we they're going to have recaps tomorrow night. That's for sure. But maybe See, I'm still hold of... I'm still holding out hope for my full heel turn Roman Reigns. I think he should come out tomorrow, cut a promo talking about, "Oh, look what I did. I beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. I'm the best in the world. You know, I did what nobody thought I could do and ah, I'm just holding but, out hope for that." Then where do you go? Then he's just the cocky heel that Who does he who does he fight? The only thing I can see this happening, I, I highly, highly doubt it. I mean, the percentages of this are astronomically in the uh, realm of, no, it ain't going to happen. But there's one guy on the company right now that I think could be taken in that Undertaker capacity, where if Roman Reigns comes out and he says, you know, well, I'm the fucking shit and I proved it and all that – and he turns heel, and he spends the next bunch of months where he's like, no, I took out The Undertaker. I am the fucking shit. I'm the guy. Next year, Roman Reigns, John Cena. I figured that was the plan anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's the, the only the way old... I can see that happening, you know? Because who do you go from Undertaker to, you know? Brock Lesnar. Oh, fuck that. I'm done with that shit. <laughs> I think that's a SummerSlam match, if anything. But I I figured all roads eventually leads to Roman versus Cena and Cena passing the torch. Kind of. Yeah. Ugh. How many if, torches does this guy need? If you're going to give me Cena, <laughs> if you're going to give me Cena Reigns at, at WrestleMania next year, please do not give me some kind of like Brock Lesnar going in as the champion to fight somebody who's like a you know a jabroni or whatever like that just because it's brock lesnar don't keep the title on him this whole goddamn time give me like a solid like in-ring performance thing give me like rollins versus styles or i don't know something like that you know i don't know at the rate he's going maybe mojo raleigh (laughs) mojo rollins (laughs) merge the two together (laughs) mr mojo rollins Pray for Mojo, everybody. So, in the grand overall perspective of WrestleMania, if you're going to give it a hit or a miss, I think we're all probably going to go with a hit here, right? Oh, big hit. Oh, yeah, big hit, obviously. After a couple years of us kind of going, yeah, well, WrestleMania is going to suck, and then going, eh, it wasn't as bad, but this sucked, and this was good, and this sucked, and this is good, or whatever. Still had my problems with this year's WrestleMania here and there. One of them being that the New Day kind of fell flat a little bit. And we didn't get any ice cream. I liked how the final fan. I didn't get the final fantasy tie in until I saw that that was the sponsor. Oh, okay. That makes sense for their outfits. Mm. Totally lost on me. I do not follow final fantasy. Same. I haven't even checked out the first couple of fantasies, let alone the final one. Ha ha. Insert joke. Um, But that was a little disappointing, but you know what? We had stuff like the Hardy boys and we had like anything that really was like weird. We had something good to go with it. Kind of. 
Like, even the six-pack challenge, it was like, wow, they rushed that. But, hey, it's cool that Naomi won. Uh, kind of sucks that uh, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton wasn't as good. But, hey, we had, like, a snake to the fucking ring. And, like, you know, all kind of cool shit. So, thumbs up for me. Uh, what were your favorite and your least favorite parts of the night? That'll be the last things we talk about here. Peter, I'm going to start off with you first. Highlight low point. Well, one thing we didn't even discuss at all, and I think that's a crime, is the fact that we got Jim Ross on commentary for our main oh, event true. tonight. That, yeah. Very true, yeah. That and was so great. That must have yeah. been Undertaker requesting it, which, good for him, you know? I think it was a, a combination of all these events. Of Undertaker probably wanted it. Uh, JR has been through this horrible tragedy, and mm. I'm sure they wanted to reach out to him. Uh, and Morrow not being there. I think it's, it's, tomorrow, it's a combination of all that. We don't know the full situation with tomorrow thing, and it could be a big problem with if JBL really bullied him a lot. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, part of me also kind of goes, dude, you picked the worst time of the year to go through this kind of thing. Like, <sighs> if, J- if JBL was picking on him for the whole year, I kind of I can't speak for everybody, and it's like depression is like a major killer and all that, so I don't want to like, you know, downplay that. But I don't know. I, I lost a little bit of respect for Marinalo throughout this whole thing because I'm like, was, men, mental mental illness is a really tough thing to understand when you right. don't experience it yourself. Uh, but I can definitely say from the outside, for someone to see Jim Ross make it to this with what he's been through this last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and then you hear Maro's not there because JBL picked on him. Right. It it, it does sound. Yeah. It does sound pretty bad. It sounds um, kind of like when somebody gets like they flick somebody's ear and then they start bawling their eyes out. And it's like, suck it up a little bit, you know, like, yeah, they shouldn't have done it. But it, it's WrestleMania week. Like you were the headlining commentator, basically, of the secondary brand, equal brand, if you really want to think of it that way. You're supposed to be on your fucking on the ball this week. And you just disappeared i wouldn't be shocked at all if he lost a lot of respect on vince mcmahon's eyes oh for sure he did oh, absolutely, kidding? Yeah. the kind of workaholic vince i guarantee you vince does not understand mental illness in the slightest no well if, I he's, mean, he's, he's, he's got his own mental illnesses <laughs> yeah but he's not diagnosed i know are you, are right? you kidding he would never go to a shrink he he'll would be, never allow that to happen he'll be in a room by himself and be like you know all of us in this room think that you're a piece of shit Mario. <laughs> vince you're by yourself yeah you know what and I also agree with me. <laughs> but man, Jim Jim Ross just slid right back in. Yeah. Like the moment he sat down, he never felt out of place. He didn't feel like he missed a beat. He he was just there and he was part of that. God, you know, one thing I love, and they've been doing this more and more over the last few years, they've been mending so many bridges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, I just hope with some of the people we've seen come back this week, that it leads to more. I want, I of course want to see more of the Hardys. I of course want to see more of Drew McIntyre, but I want to see more Jim Cornette. I want to see more Kurt Angle, and I want to see more Jim Ross. You figure these past couple of years, Jim Cornette comes back into the company. Kurt Angle comes back into the company. <laughs> they bring in Sting. They mm-hmm. bring in. Dude, it should not be under like under stated Bruno San Martino. Bruno San Martino, yeah. they, the ultimate they, warrior. They induct Ultimate Warrior. They <laughs> the induct Randy Savage. The day before he dies. Such great timing with that. Like, crazy yeah. circumstances. This company has gotten to a point where whatever problems I have with them, booking-wise, or like, well, that Raw was a fucking bore, or whatever like that, 
I don't know about you guys, but I look at WWE nowadays as so I like I'm like proud of the company. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's such a well-rounded, good company in so many different ways. Even when it comes to booking the people, a lot of the times, a couple of years ago, we we're looking at guys and we we're going, "Yeah, well, they're not six foot eight; they're not going to get a push." And we got people like Finn Balor, who even Kevin Nash the other day he was just kind of like, "Yeah, I wish I could have worked a wet match with Finn Balor." And like, they're pushing the the people that are talented. They're bringing in the guys like the AJ Styles and. A bunch of years ago, it was like, well, they don't have any interest in the Bobby Roods and Austin Aries because, man, they're just these TNA guys. Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, either they are the ones that are in control and they're fixing all these problems or Vince McMahon just kind of, you know, the clock's turning in a different way or something. It's well, so even with, with the with the shoot interviews we get, you know, with people like CM Punk or Ryback, and I think of a lot of it. I mean, sure, some of it was probably justified, but I think a lot of it might be sour grapes. Mm-hmm. And I think the company overall does way more good than than not. I think they are looking out at, like they always say, it's a big family. And I actually believe that. I think they are looking out, of course, for the bottom line, but they look out for each other. Over the past, like, four years in particular, I've gotten more and more into the mentality that, you know what, all those people that pinch and complain, they're probably the ones causing all the problems. Mm-hmm. CM Punk when he first left it was like dude that sucks that they're fucking over Punk eventually got to the point where I'm like I want this guy to get his ass kicked in UFC and he's just you know <laughs> mm-hmm. and Ryback it was like that sucks for Ryback they should have pushed him well you know what Ryback's been a bitch <laughs> it's been problematic in a lot of different ways for these people and Alberto Del Rio and Paige with this whole thing this company, I mean, they did Jim Ross dirty a little while ago with mm-hmm. the whole Ric Flair thing. Right. It's so nice to see him back. So I'm glad you brought that up, Hayden. Mm-hmm. Thank you for reminding me of that. Um, and I mean, if we sat here and tried to run down every highlight of the show, we're going to be here all goddamn night. Right. Um, it's already a I, two hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this whole weekend has been great. Um, a oh, lot yeah. of people have been complaining that it didn't feel like WrestleMania season. I, I, was I had this opinion of just like guys, just just wait, wait until the shows start and you're gonna feel it. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's exactly what happened. As soon as these lights started up, people saw the stage, the fireworks, and things were kicking into gear. I, I think from the very first match with that cruiserweight match, people were into the show. Um, I think this is gonna live on as one of the better WrestleManias, not a top five even I would say, but something that's looked back fondly. Um, what's our big WrestleMania moment? Undertaker retirement. That that that's it. When you hear WrestleMania 33, it's Undertaker retirement. Yeah. Yep. It couldn't be anything else. Um, any major misses? Um, they seem to fix this by the main show, but during the pre-show, there was a massive smattering of audio errors. Yes, oh, I didn't I know if that, that was just on my end or if that was the signal in general. I assumed oh, that it was, it was just all. on our end, but okay. <laughs> there was one actual really funny moment where out of nowhere, Michael Cole's like, and we're back from commercial. I'm like, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it actually made sense because I remember like it was just a minute before that they had the first audio problem and then they came back. I was like, oh, I think Michael Cole thought they went to a commercial <laughs> or maybe they were supposed to and they couldn't get it to work right. Something happened. Well, I don't know. At least it's better off than saying uh, a lot of these people are going to have a bright future in Ring of Honor. <laughs> <sighs> Fucking nice old weekend, this goddamn it. <laughs> Kalen, what about you? Highlight low point? Uh, most memorable part is the Undertaker at the end. That whole last 
you know, five minute segment or whatever with him taking off the gloves and the hat and the coat. Uh, yeah, it's a good thing he didn't take off anything else. Uh, well, he started adjusting his belt <laughs> there for a he second. He went for the belt. I guess, yeah. <laughs> you started so, hearing Val Venus's music playing instead. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Uh, it was an, it was a nice pop seeing the Hardy Boys there. It's you know cool to have them back in the mix. The low point, I'd probably say, I'd probably say the the John Cena Nikki Bella thing. I just did not care for that at all. And of course, Bray Wyatt losing. I don't think he should have lost tonight. But we'll see where they go. But overall, I mean, I'm just nitpicking right now. It was a fantastic show. Yeah. My low point, it's tough to say. It's either the way that that whole proposal went down or maybe just the fan in me that really, really supports Braun Strowman, how he got eliminated so fast. (laughs) That was disappointing for me. Um, Highlight, I mean, if you throw in Undertaker's career as that kind of a thing, you can't bypass that by any means. But if I'm going to have to try to pick something else other than that, I probably would say my favorite match of the night beyond that was the Seth Rollins Triple H one. Although the Raw tag team match, man, I did not see that being as good as it was. Uh, That was something I wasn't really even looking forward to. And you got that Hardy Boys pop and the spots and even Sheamus and Cesaro were good. It's rare that I'm complimenting Sheamus. (laughs) I still can't get over how good that team is working together. So much better than I thought it would. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Really, like, if that was somebody like a, a Mick Foley backstage or something, you never know, like, the reality of who pairs up different ideas and stuff. But whoever said... How about we do like a best of seven series and then make them a tag team? It's working. Yeah. Yeah. I still think they're going to be split up in the brand split, but we'll see. Maybe not. I like Seamus a lot more now than I have in the last couple of years. Yeah. Now that he teamed up with, with uh, Cesaro. Now, mm. don't get me wrong. I'm still not hoping that he wins the next fucking championship or something. Oh, but... oh no. no. So... That is our breakdown of WrestleMania 33. We're just a little bit over the time of what the whole pre-show would have been. (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) But it was a lot to take in, a lot to go through, and overall a show that we all pretty much enjoyed from start to finish with a couple of little hiccups there and there that we can nitpick. But I'm looking at this as a good fucking WrestleMania, and I'm going to add this down to my list as one of the best shows of the year, and it's going to be tough to beat it. I don't know if they're going to be able to. Now, of course... We got to look forward to the Raw after WrestleMania and the SmackDown after WrestleMania, and those two shows are going to be great too. So stay tuned for any information that we have when it comes to that. But before we say goodbye to you, let's go around the horn one more time here, toss out some plugs. Kalen, you're up first. Yeah, make sure you check out on Facebook, Northwest Ohio Wrestling. Every month or so, we put on very entertaining shows in the Toledo, Ohio area. So come out and support your local live wrestling, Northwest Ohio Wrestling. What if Northwest Ohio is not my local area? Well, then you have to move here, and then you can come to our shows. Ah, damn. That seems like a lot of work. Yeah. Peyton, toss out the plugs. Oh, boy. There's a a lot of stuff going on right now. Guys, WrestleMania week isn't even over. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tomorrow night, we still have the Raw after Mania, and then we have the SmackDown after the Raw after the Mania. So it's going to be a crazy rest of the week. Um, We're still doing Raw post show live every single night. Uh, every single Monday night after Raw. And, of course, uh, that's going to be a big show tomorrow night with that going off the air. And we're doing MPW Starbound Interactive Universe featuring characters made by y'all. So tune in Monday after Raw. That's tomorrow or any other week that keeps going on. 
Uh, this week is theme week on Beam. So on, the, on that same channel, beam.pro slash Mr. Pay, not even say the address. Um, there's going to be different theme stuff going on every day of the week. We have like a tropical Tuesday where people on the entire website are going to be dressed in Hawaiian wear. Um, Fancy Friday where everyone's going to be dressed up to the nines. Uh, it's going to be some fun times. So stay tuned to that. Uh, follow Twitter at M-R-P-A-D-E-N and uh, keep on rocking. Not like the Rock and Roll Express, though. They look terrible. Oh, God. They look bad. <laughs> They're like, can you believe we're still wrestling? It's like, I can't believe you're still walking. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, for my side of things, everybody, obviously, stay tuned to the channel and the website for more. If you want to have notifications of anything else that pops up, you can get through the RSS feed for the website, the Facebook, the Twitter, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, in the mix here, drop your comments of what you thought was going on throughout WrestleMania, either on the website if you're listening to iTunes or Stitcher, or on the YouTube channels itself. And hit that thumbs up button as well to boost us on the SEO a little bit and give us a little bit of a, you know, notification that you guys enjoyed this show. Hopefully you did, because it was two fucking hours long. It's going to be a bitch to edit. And if you didn't, then I'm sad. But uh, for Fanboys Anonymous side of things, fanboysanonymous.com, Fanboys Anonymous on YouTube, and all the other kind of same sort of social media stuff there. Head on over there for the gate culture side of things. And you can follow me at a Tony Mango, at a Tony Mango, not at a Tony Mango, at a Mango Tree and at Tony Mango on Facebook and Twitter and elsewhere. And that'll be it. By the end of uh, Tuesday night or Wednesday night or whatever, yeah, I might take a break. I don't know. <laughs> the way that everything's been going down or whatever. but You I deserve will, it. At this point, Jesus Christ, I pretty much do. Because I got to do hot tags this week and ask him. And I don't even know what our fucking main event is going to be. I, At the very least, I know that we got to do the Smart Madness tournament finals or ending. So I got to break that down in some way. Maybe that'll be the main event. That'll be kind of easy. But uh, you will be hearing my voice again sometime soon. And when you do... Do all the same kind of shit with liking and subscribing and all that other kind of stuff. But for now, that's going to round us out. Thank you for listening, everybody. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and we are being counted out. Bye.